tip today in association with Slattery's of Pecan, your main Peugeot dealer for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Morning, welcome along to Tip Today. 1800 938 007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you anything if you want to make a call to us. And Emma is looking after the show today. You can text and WhatsApp 083 311 You can email tiptoday at tipfm.com. First, this morning. <laughs> That's the sound of our nation's capital burning last night in the aftermath of yesterday's stabbing of school children on the streets of Dublin. A watershed moment in Irish history, but what will be the consequence for the first part of today's show? We focus on yesterday's events as a five-year-old and a school employee in her 30s uh, this morning remain in a serious condition in hospital. News broke just after 2pm yesterday that a number of children had been stabbed while leaving school on a sunny Thursday afternoon. What followed was a riot leading to 34 arrests, 13 shops damaged, 3 buses, a Lewis and 11 Garda vehicles burned out, Garda assaulted, a direct provision centre set alight. 32 people are due in court this morning. We wake up this morning in a very different Ireland. This morning, I spoke to Adam Higgins, who is a political correspondent with the Irish Sun. I began by asking him what the city looks like this morning. I'm back in the city centre here today, cleaning up the, or covering the, the clean-up. At the moment, on my left is a smashed-up Lewis tram, and uh, the city council are currently scraping a burnt-out, incinerated Dublin bus off O'Connell Street. And on my right, the, the crime scene where that horrible attack on those three children and her care happened. Still sealed off here by Gardaí, a large Garda presence here in the city centre um, to continue to hold that scene there while uh, an enormous clean-up, one of the biggest clean-ups I think I've ever seen in the city is taking place this morning. There is hundreds of council workers out here today. They are literally scraping uh, burnt car remains, burnt bus remains off the main street in the city on my left here is a hotel, the Holiday Inn Express, and there's council workers outside. They're, they're shoveling up glass as if it's snow in the clean-up here. Have you, in your experience, ever seen anything even close to this? No, and I'm, I was interviewing um, some business owners and people that live in the area here this morning, and, and a couple of them, they said that the last time they saw anything in any way close to this was when uh, there was a, a march down here from, from um, I think it was the Orange Order, that they said, and they said there was there was riots then. That was a, a, a long time ago now, but they said even that pales in comparison to the mess and the chaos that's here this morning. And uh, a lot of people, even one man told me he's been living uh, in the city centre just off Parnell Street where that horrible attack happened yesterday. He's been there for 50 years and he told me this morning that uh, he's afraid to go out at night now, that there's blood on the streets here this morning, which there is outside one of the shops today. There's a large puddle of blood outside the shop and uh, he said he's afraid. He's been living in the city for more than 50 years and, and that's his reaction this morning. To be in the midst of that last night, can you describe the feeling for me, Adam? Because, I mean, the great miracle is that nobody was killed. 
Um, well, yes, yes, it is. Well, I came across um, to the scene after we, we received a call about the, the horrible attack outside that Gwail school here in the city centre. And already the, the Gardaí had uh, closed off that part of Parnell Street and they, they, a small crowd had already gathered and already the situation was becoming volatile. There was people hurling abuse at Gardaí, threatening Gardaí. At one point, one man walked by me. He was on the phone to another man talking about getting Molotov cocktails to throw at the Gardaí. This was the sort of thing that was happening at the scene. There was huge anger at the protest, uh, or at, at this uh, crime scene. Um, all the while, the Gardaí were trying to close it off so they can carry out their forensic tests and, and examinations, which are clearly so important for the, the investigation into that attack. Was there any indication last night, Adam, that these people were ready for an event like this and just waiting to be called up, so to speak? Well, I'm, what, what I would tell you is that a, a number of these people actually managed to, to get to the scene before myself and other members of the media. I think once it became uh, clear that the person of interest in this uh, investigation was um, of, of, of Algerian uh, descent, I think this became a very political issue then, and there was groups of people starting to gather. I think from what we understand, there was messages going around on Telegram groups, WhatsApp groups, urging people to, to gather at the scene, and, and I think that's where that sort of element came uh, into it. Now, obviously, it spiralled out of control then when larger groups showed up in the city centre to cause chaos and you know take advantage of this situation, I suppose, to loot shops. I mean, there was four or five shops here in the city centre, several footlockers and McDonald's, and it's all of their barriers pulled up, pulled off the ground, windows smashed, workers in there this morning sweeping up the chaos. Was there an indication last night, Adam, of leadership? Were, were, were there guys who were obviously leading and directing this last night? From what I saw the scene, no. No, I don't think so. It seemed to be very, um, you know, it wasn't as organised as, as what you might uh, yeah. get at there. It, it wasn't something that I, I think was uh, like there was a leader or anything like that. No, I think this was something that just spiralled out of control. Could I finally ask you about policing? Because obviously a lot of questions today uh, being asked about police response last night to Drew Harris just out there in recent uh, moments uh, meeting the media. What what did, did you make of the police response? Well, to be honest, I... Last night when we were at the scene, I felt terrible for there's a number of young guards standing at yeah. the ticket tape. And they, they were, the abuse that was being hurled at these Gardaí, it would make you wonder why anyone would want to be a Gardaí. They're out there doing, trying to protect a crime scene so that an investigation can, can be undertaken so that hopefully there might be justice at the end of this awful attack. And yet they're getting abuse hurled at them from people who are, you know, only there to cause chaos and, and, and you know then last night you've seen some of the scenes on O'Connell Street they, they were out with the, the riot gear they were trying to you know disperse the crowds and they were being punched I saw one video being punched guard a car set a light only down the end of the road here I can still see the council workers scraping that get the remains of that guard a car off the, the ground here and I think from, from a police perspective I think like this happened so quickly that I think you could see Drew Harris last night saying that he he pulled in recruits and troops from across the country to, to try and help. And there is a huge guard of presence in the city here this morning. And I think that will probably continue for the for the coming days.
That's Adam Higgins of the Irish Sun who spoke to me a little earlier on this morning. Now it became clear early yesterday afternoon as crowds were gathering at the scene that the swell of anger in the city was reaching a very, very dangerous level indeed. In fact, one not seen before. Groups were assembling and being organised online through WhatsApp groups. Here's an example of one of the messages circulating online yesterday. Uh, if there is any guards in this group, you can go yourself as well. You have blood on your hands. You f- accommodated. And look, if they start acting the we'll just make a load of little small groups. Have one, say, at O'Connell Street, have one up at Grafton Street, have one at Smithfield. They can't control us all. They can't control us all. And let's have little groups splintering off, doing what we got to do. Seven o'clock, be in town. Everyone, belly up, towel up. And any jippo, foreigner, anyone... Just kill them. Just f***ing kill them. Let's get this on the f***ing news. Let's show the f***ing media that we're not a f***ing pushover. That no more foreigners are allowed into this poxy country. No f***ing more. Enough is enough. As the title says, this is it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. You touch your f***ing kids and this is the repercussions. And no guard, no politician, nobody is going to stop us. Richard Kennedy is Garda Representative Association Rep for Tipperary and Joins. We know. Richard, good morning to you. Morning, Frank. And thank you so much for your time today. Richard, I can't imagine what it was like for you and uh, your your colleagues to watch what was going on with your Dublin colleagues last night. I mean, what happened was unprecedented. Yeah, Frank, it was just like, like you all, the, 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 once the kind of disorder started, the WhatsApp started flying and and the social media aspect of it took off, and there's some of the videos for and for 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 guards, it is a tough watch seeing your colleagues being attacked so openly on the, on the street there last night in Dublin. It was horrendous scenes um, that that were being filmed and and glorified by some some aspects of social media yesterday. Yeah, it was the, what I mean. Lots of it horrified me last night, but it was the single guard on his own. I'm not sure if you saw that where he was being cornered by some of these thugs in some way. I can't imagine how frightening that must have been. You know? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's the one. I think it was on O'Connor Bridge. I think is the one you're referring to. Frank. Yeah. Uh, he he was he was just trying to retreat and getting attacked from nearly every every, every side, uh, trying trying to trying to protect himself and not get engaged with. But there was a couple more he got. Said saw a couple more last night, and uh, there was another one with a vanguard isolated on her own, with with a crowd chasing her down the street, just r- shouting "get her" and various other. I won't even I won't even say some of the stuff. The other stuff that has been said to her on the radio, fan, but it was it was horrendous. The irony is, uh, Richard, that you know when you and I would have spoken quite a lot in in recent months about what you figure your colleagues are are needing to do their job properly. And of course, when the chips were down last night, we needed the Gardaí and we needed them really, really badly and we needed them to be properly resourced, you know. There's an irony in that somewhere, isn't there? Oh, look, like like last night, it, there was members from from every from all over Dublin and, and surrounding co- counties and even further were drafted into the city centre last night and I suppose it, it shows, the, I suppose, in the situation when it, when it did arise... The members were there to do to do the policing, but it did highlight aspects of lack of equipment and that that previously members of members would have been issued when they're leaving the Garda College with <coughs> with a public order helmet and, and bits and pieces. That does doesn't happen anymore, and that public order uh, training doesn't happen anymore. These things that are left to just public order units. There's 
to training that, that and equipment that aren't there anymore for members when a situation like this arises. But I suppose the other side of it, friend, it happened so fast, it would be it it would be impossible to prevent that situation, no matter how many guardy mm. you had on the streets when it when it started initially, to try and stop it because it just it just just took off. It was it was like wildfire once once it once it got going. The only thing is, when it, when I would have seen similar riots in other capitals around the world, you'd see these vehicles arriving that were proper riot control vehicles and the like. It looked to me like some of the Garda cars and vehicles outside were just domestic cars and vehicles, Richard. Uh, we, we, like, the stuff that you see in the likes of in, in, in other European capital cities in terms of in terms of equipment, we we, we don't have that. I think I think we've used them once previously, maybe back a, a number of years, and um, we we got a lend them from another jurisdiction. Um, no, we don't have, and it was it was it was an ordinary standard saloon cars. You can see see there last night that there was one of them setting fire. Yeah. Um, and that that that's it. Like it was just just your normal patrol cars were there, and, and that's and that's what we have to respond to those situations. And and your public guard, your your standard public guard van, the same one you'd see. See going down going down O'Connor Street and Clamell on a Saturday night, um it'd be the same same vehicle. Um you know, following last night's experience and you know, I mean who knows what's to come in in, in, in you know, over the weekend or whatever. What what needs to happen now, Richard, do you, do you think? Because Drew Harris was out this morning, he was struggling to answer certain questions put to him about resourcing and the like. What needs to happen now? I suppose it's it's a situation of like the, the initial incident was it was a horrendous incident, and there was there was an, an element, and this is we've we've seen this this kind of stuff going on in social media where this there's a kind of an element there that I've been waiting for an opportunity just to cause yeah absolute havoc, and you can see it like that wasn't a protest last night, that was people using using a horrendous situation yeah. to commit criminal acts, looting shops, etc. So it'll take it'll take a robust police and responsible friend, and like there was over thirty arrests last night. And I'm sure for when when the CCTV is is analysed and 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 gathered, there'll be an, a, a large number of arrests to follow, and and that's what needs to happen. These people need to be need to be dealt with, and then dealt with severely by the courts to to stop this kind of incident happening again. Because you can't have a situation where our our capital city is is a main headline across Europe uh, for for public disorder with 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 groups of uh, groups of people using using a using a uh, a horrendous incident as an excuse for criminality, and that's what it was. It wasn't a protest. That 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 was an excuse just to cause havoc last night. Friend. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a, pro, a, a peaceful protest goes off perfectly fine and doesn't take much policing. But that that kind of situation takes takes massive resources to really to really deal with it properly. And and what about those resources? I mean, can we expect um, some of your colleagues from Tipperary to be called up to the capital city now? How how does that work, Richard? Well, Van, we've had members going up to the capital city already on overtime. This, this is this is an ongoing situation with the lack of resources in Dublin. We've, there's members from all, from an awful lot of country, counties around the country are going to Dublin doing overtime as it is. As recent as last week, there was members due to up due to lack of resources here that they stay in temporary. So they, they, this is an ongoing thing. So I, I expect that there'll be a, there's no doubt there'll be an email go this evening looking for people to to go on overtime and there'll be phone calls made looking for people to go to Dublin today. That 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 will that will happen, and they've not, and because of the lack of lack of resources, the, the government and 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 the and Garda headquarters will throw will throw money at this for a few days to try and to try and stem the initial initial incident, and then see where it goes from there. Then, but like, the, the numbers aren't there, and we know that we've we've discussed that previously. Like, the numbers aren't there to be 
to deal with it on a consistent basis. It'll, it'll be it's, it'll be response policing in terms of, in terms of of gathering extra numbers to deal with over the, over the weekend, and that's where it'll go from there, fan. Right, but it's borrowing from Peter to pay Paul essentially. Essentially, fan. Yeah, essentially that'll be it. Like you have guys who who are after working working their their working their 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 days this week, and then they'll they'll have to plough through for the weekend to train train and and help the situation and then that's and that's unfortunately and that's what happened last night with the members from Offaly, Kildare, Wicklow all drafted into the city centre last night to try and try and stem the situation but and that, that's what will happen over the weekend we'll have we'll have you're kind of you're putting extra pressure on, uh, on the on the force in terms of it, it, it's a it's a short very very short term solution lads can't you can't keep doing that it's not it's not feasible for people to continually do overtime to 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 plug the gaps. All right, Richard, we appreciate your time this morning and thanks for coming on with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye to you now, Richard Kennedy there, GRA rep for Tipperary. Now, I mentioned the Garda Commissioner there and uh, he did speak to the press uh, this morning. He was asked by Barry Cummins whether the Gardaí should have been better prepared and better resourced for what happened. Here's some of the audio from that press conference this morning. Well, people will say, why weren't you monitoring social media, the far-right groups, who you say uh, 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 exacerbated the situation? Why didn't you move quicker when you saw the build-up of tensions, both online and on the streets? Well, the build-up of tensions, as, as you describe on social media, we were monitoring those, and we were constantly then adding to our resources that were available uh, in DMR North Central. That was an ongoing part of the operation, and we did respond... But uh, it has to be said that the crowds, the crowds of those in the first place protesting, filled with hate, directed towards members of Garda Shikana, were then supplemented with those who were only intent upon crime, disorder and the looting of premises. And one can see this morning, particularly uh, sports-type shops were specifically targeted. Now, Garda reacted quickly uh, to that and uh, were able to clamp down on that looting, but... Um, we responded as the events unfolded. But I don't think at 1.30, as, as the original events unfolded, or indeed later in the mid-afternoon, we could have anticipated such disorder. And that is Garda Commissioner Drew Harris uh, speaking to the media a little earlier on this morning. We'll take a break and we're back with more in just a while. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Current affairs and political commentator Keith Mills was in Dublin City Centre last night. He joins me now. Keith, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. And thanks so much for your time this morning. You said online that uh, what you witnessed was very shocking, but still unsurprising. Will you explain that to me, Keith? Yes. I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll deal with it. It was shocking in terms of when you're seeing buses burnt out, Lewis um, being firebombed, Garda cars, um, um, people, you know, cars exploding. It, it, that is shocking. But if you have been travelling into Dublin for the last three years, the Dublin City Centre, especially for the last three years since the, the COVID lockdowns, I think, gave um, gave rain to a lot of gurriers taking over the city centre. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we saw um, tourists being attacked um, during the summer. We've 
seen um, you know casual violence and antisocial behaviour taking over the city centre. So in that sense, it's unsurprising. You know, I mean, this has been coming. We just don't have enough police on our streets. You also said that the well-rehearsed excuse, you know, blaming the far rights and uh, trotting that out, it, it, it sort of covers up the reality of what it is there because you're making the point that these people who perpetrated this violence uh, last night, that they're, they're, they're dopes, they're, they're scumbags, really, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're, 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 they're the great Dublin phrase, they're gurriers. That's, what, that, yeah. that's what they are. You know, they, they have no respect. I mean, if, if you ask them what, who Mussolini was, they'd probably tell you it was the pizza. They have no political agenda whatsoever. Now, there are some racists out there and there are some xenophobes out there who are stirring trouble up. But the main problem in that, that Dublin has, and I think it's, it's, it's not just Dublin, but other cities as well, is just a, a gurrier class that will, will, you, will jump on any bandwagon just to cause trouble. I mean, last night was, it went beyond trouble. It was looting and everything as well. I mean, it's, it, it's just very, very dispiriting. And I think the, the only way that we can actually deal with this is with, with, with proper policing. Um, you know, this morning I'm, I'm looking at social media and I'm seeing some people blaming immigrants for all the problems. Mm. And, and on the other side, I'm seeing uh, people blaming the far right for all the problems. This is, you know, this is, you know, people could just drop their agendas for one. And we could all agree that what we need is more police and better policing and a better justice system that doesn't allow... Um, criminals out onto the streets and also have a more controlled immigration policy where, where people have uh, faith that the people who are coming here are genuine refugees or they have uh, a good reason to be here because we need their skills to keep the um, economy going. Then, you know, if we could do both of those things, and um, we could make a much better society, I think. What about the Minister, Keith? What about Minister McEntee on, on this? I mean, she's the person who told us just a short few weeks ago that Dublin was a safe place to be. Um, what, what about, I mean, is her position tenable at the moment? I, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, once, when I was growing up, Fine Gael were seen as the law and order party. Yeah, yeah. But we've, we, I mean, Fine Gael have been in, in government for 12 years. They've had six different justice ministers between maternity leave covers and regular, uh, regular ministers. Two ministers were forced to resign. They, um, you know, she's just the, the, the latest person to be to be handled, ha- handling the, the ministry. And I think she hasn't done a particularly good job. Um, the, at the same time, you know, you have a Garda commissioner who doesn't have the confidence of his members, and she has confidence in him, and that's that that's, that creates a problem for a start as well. When when she has more confidence in him than the than the, than the Gardaí who are working for him, um, I I I. I I think that we need somebody, a, a much heavier hitter, a, a person with much more political experience in that department and somebody with a real agenda for law and order and for better policing. Um, I, because you were in the city centre last night, I'm not sure how much you got of RTE's coverage of events uh, after the dreadful, dreadful tragedy of, of the young kids uh, and, and that lady being, being stabbed. But... It was very strange coverage, almost as if they were ignoring what was going on behind the reporters, if you know what I mean. I know, yeah. I, I, I actually, I was at a work event, and I, um, I only left at 7.30 for the work event, so I walked right into the middle of it by, not by, by accident, not design, because I was told by, at that stage by, by the, my apps told me that the, the public transport was running, which was untrue. 
Um, so, um, yes, I saw, I, I got, just about got home to see the nine o'clock news, and it was just a, a, a case of, I, I, I just found it very, very hard. That, that it was just such superficial coverage. Mm, yeah. It, uh, you know, here's, 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 a, here's a, a, a screenshot of a bus going up on fire. Here, here, you know, here's the Lewis on fire. Here's the Gardaí charging, charging people and all the rest of it. But, but you know, there was no, there was no interaction, or very, very little interaction, with the people who were who were actually on the streets and who were suffering. Couldn't get home. I am. I couldn't. I I had to walk all the way home, which was a, a, almost a two-hour journey. Um, you, you know, it was, it, um, you know, and and I think they were afraid of people actually actually interviewing people to see because people would give their opinion of what was actually causing this. And it wouldn't be the, the, the far right that they'd be blaming. They'd be, they'd be blaming the, the, these are Dubliners. They'd know the, the score. They'd know the problem is the lack of policing, the lack of law and order on our streets. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a, a political agenda here to try and cover that up and, and to blame other people. Just finally, Keith, did we cross some sort of line yesterday and should we expect more of this kind of thing now? I would hope not, and, and, and I think, this, as I said, the, the two solutions I, w- I would propose are more policing, as I said, and, and more control and a, a, a more trustworthy um, immigration system. And I think we can avoid, we, we, if, we, if we get both of those, we can avoid future incidents. But we need, I mean, we, we're hearing tonight, or we're hearing from last night and into today about the police being on the streets of Dublin. And I was going, is that what it took? To actually get proper policing, you had to have a riot, you had to have looting, you had to have all public transport shut down. Is that what it took to actually get proper policing on the streets? Get that done first, deal with the the cause issues then. But until we do that, you know, I I would always worry that there's a courier class who would just hop on every opportunity um, um, to to cause mayhem. But but to get those uh, numbers of police on the streets, we were just speaking to the Garda um, the GRA rep for Tipperary earlier there, Keith, and he said that you know we're going to end up depleting forces in places like Tipperary then to so these yeah, 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 can make their way to Dublin. You know, yes, yeah, it, it, it is, and, that, and that's an appalling situation. I mean, as I said, when Finnegan first took over the Justice Ministry in 2011, there were more Gardaí around in the country than there are now. That's 12 years where we've had a hugely increase in population, huge increase in crime and the risk of, of, of crime, and we have fewer guardians. That's just not acceptable. We need to increase the paying conditions uh, of guardians so that we can attract more people. I have to say, you, you may not want to hear this in Tipperary, but I have to say it, I think there should be a premium for working in Dublin because of the cost of living up yeah. here to, yeah. ma- to make uh, to make Dublin a more attractive people a, a place for for, for um, people to come and work in the civil service and in in in, 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 in other um, public service jobs and um, you know there are people out there that uh, that would love to to work in the Gardaí and you, you know that we have at one stage we had the Garda Reserve mm. which should, should be tapping into those are we allowing Gardaí to retire too early. Um, are we putting and yeah. desk jobs or, or putting them into court services and as witnesses when they should be out on the beach? Well, the, these I mean, are these are all the conversations we need to have for sure. Keith, we really appreciate your time this morning and thank you so much for coming on. No problem me. at all. Thank you. Thank, thank you. That's a Keith Mills there. Let's go back to the phones now and to a former Tipperary hurler and a gentleman who's a regular contributor to the show. Timmy Hammersley is with me. Timmy, good morning to you. 
Hi, Fran. Thanks for the call. Uh, thank you uh, for coming on with us last night. You were in the city centre last night, Timmy. Yeah, I was there last night, yes. So I happened to be in there, kind of around the town with friends and more on the south side of the city. So the um, initial, I think, troubles, the instant Parnell Square was on on the opposite side. So you, you, you didn't think it would spread that far down. Um you know, but it obviously did, and like at the time, I was in the scene of the, um, I suppose, violence. It was in Westmoreland Street and obviously O'Connell Bridge, which is kind of dead bang in the in the middle of the city. So yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't spend long there because it was obviously um, it was a very violent place, high tension. Um, and you got this, like, it was bad, but you got the sense it could get worse very quickly as well. You know, and that's the kind of sense yeah, that and, I got, you know, yeah. And, and <clears throat> Timmy, did you get a sense that it was orchestrated or was it chaotic? Um, yeah. What What was your sense of it? Uh, I, I'm glad I heard Keith Mills there just before he came on, and I didn't nearly like being on at the same time as him, I think, Fran. We'd, we'd had a right discussion there. Or debate, I'd say. Uh, look, I, I agree with a lot of the points, and that is surprising. You kind of see Keith on Twitter, so I'd say we don't agree on a whole mm. pile of stuff. But mm. I do like he makes points about the Gardaí and the uh, resource, and, and particularly around the Gardaí, ability of Gardaí to be in in uh, Dublin to work and be in Dublin, the expense and so on. But I, I think he's trying to deny. Like, sorry, I agree. There is a Gurrier element there that is willing to jump on any. Not in any bandwagon, but is willing, is there available? Like the vicinity around um, O'Connell Street, particularly, like there's a lot of uh, poverty, there's a lot of anti social behaviour, there's a lot of crime. So there's people within reach there that is, you know, um, I suppose that is going to jump on a lot of things that, that happen around there. But I think he's very wrong to deny the far right connection yesterday. Like Fran, I saw a known far right activist in the middle of that crowd yesterday, and I'm not, I'm not going to say who they were, but people you'd recognise on mm. on uh, on uh, social media, like they were well integrated. Mm. With and and were they stirring with, it? With the crowd Timmy. of young people there, yeah. with the crowd of young people there uh, yesterday. So you asked the question. Was this orchestrated or was it off the cuff? I think possibly a combination of of yes. the two. Like, I think I was reading yesterday, within an hour or two hours of the incident, of the shocking incident, tragic, shocking, violence, whatever we want to call it yesterday, in Parnell Square, like, I read that youths and crowds were, even within the hour, two hours, were actively abusing Gardy at the crime scene, were aggressing... Were, were were acting in a very aggressive way. Something brought that together, Fran. That wasn't like just completely off the cuff either, you know. So I like I I, I think it's a combination of both. I don't think the the crowds, the hundreds of youths in Balaclavas, I I, I don't think they'd been organised to that degree. With and I'm going to say without a criminal slash far-right element, because I think the two are colliding quite closely now. You know, like, you saw the... So, like, again, I, I do agree with Keith. Like, I, I'm not surprised 
this has happened because there has been an undercurrent there. Yeah. And I, I think it is a combination of the Gurrier type element he's talking about, but I, I, I think he's very I, I think he's off if he's denying that it, it was a far right slash criminal element that brought us together. I saw them yesterday. They were in the middle of the crowd. They were waving tricolours. What a what a sick flag to wear. Sorry, what a sick time to wear to wave our flag, you know. Yeah. And do do you have concerns though that if all of the narrative now is is centered around the the far right, we will lose track of some of the major issues? The big yeah. one being obviously that little kids were were attacked yeah. in broad daylight, and the other one being the lack of policing, which you know the GRA are making that point now. That's you know yeah, they're not yeah. they're not trained for major incidents like this. They don't have the equipment for major incidents yeah. like this, and you really wonder about this minister for justice. So, aren't they the big discussions that we need to have, Timmy? Yeah, I know. So I, I didn't fan there. Why? How we got to the stage where we have an undercurrent of young people that are feral around Dublin as well. Yeah, and yeah. that is that that's another element of it. Like and they're in the middle of Dublin of Dublin of Dublin of Dublin city there. And I like it, like the, the O'Connell Street is not safe. Simple as it's not like Dublin City is regularly is not safe. And you know me, Fran, I advocate for young people as much as anyone. You know, absolutely. Um but we can't deny that there's an element of young people there that are are feral on the streets, you know, and, and that's it. Yes, Garda resource, yes, that clearly. Um, because, like, Drew Harris con- consistently comes out and said that Garda, Garda resources, Garda presence is not a problem, but it, it does not feel like that on the streets. But then we have a reality of a huge antisocial problem in Dublin and guards will help, but that's not going to go away either, though. You, you know, that's not going to. Um, it's not. It's not going to solve that that problem very quickly. And I, I don't. I'm not going to claim here and say what are, are the what are, are the answers. People say extra resources in in like in uh, centres for teenagers in and so on. But like, it's not as if they're not there either, though. You know, the inner city regeneration project, I think, has been a good number of years now on the go. Yeah. And does it seem to be helping yeah. either? I, I'm not so sure. And, 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 I, I'd worry yeah. about the future of Dublin City, particularly, you know. Yeah. All, all right, Timmy, and uh, good to talk to you today. And thank you so much indeed for your time. That's Timmy Hammersley speaking to us uh, this morning. 1800-938-007. The text and WhatsApp is 83 Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Getting a huge response to this uh, conversation this morning. Everybody who's making contact with us understandably very angry indeed. Some people making the point though that we're not focusing enough on the stabbing as opposed to the rioting. And that is of course at the heart of the story, but we mustn't lose sight that the scenes we saw last night in Dublin, unprecedented in this country. Of course, it all stems from that 
horrific stabbing of innocent uh, children. Uh, the man who was suspected of the crime is now in hospital and uh, under guard and will be dealt with by the justice system. Of course, our thoughts this morning with the families of those who were attacked yesterday. I'm glad to be joined now by uh, community activist Liam Brown. Liam, good morning to you. Morning, friend. How are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm not sure if you remember clearly, Liam, but the last time we spoke, you made the point that it just needed one single event to result in chaos. And that's really what happened yesterday, isn't it? It is, friend. And, and before I say any more, I'd like to reiterate what you just said there. We should be first and foremost thinking about the families of the people who were involved in the first instance, which was the stabbing. And there is a five-year-old child still in a very critical yeah. condition. So, look, our best wishes to that, those those families and, and those people involved. But, like, it's been said by a couple of previous previous callers and by the Tipperary Guard representative there, this this isn't something that just happened yesterday. This is... It's, it's, it's happening. It was building up. There was a tension, a simmering building up that needed that one incident yesterday. And it happened kicked off what happened the rest of last night but like we can't we can't just try and pretend that yesterday is an isolated incident it, it was something that was coming and it was something that will happen again if we don't look at what happened yesterday and try to figure out the reasons behind it which already this morning listening to some of the government ministers talking I think we're missing the point already and I think if we continue to do that this will happen again and it will probably kick off even more in the future. And when you say we're missing the point, is it because there's a concentration of the conversations on far-right activism? Is that, is that what you mean, Liam? Yeah, I do. That's exactly what I mean. Um, look, there's no doubt that there was people who would be uh, regarded as far-right at one stage trying to direct the mob last night. And they were out and they were, they were calling for, oh, let's attack this, let's do this, let's do that. But the reality is, is, it was a mob last night, and you know yourself when mobs take off, they're yep. very hard to direct by anybody, and they're very hard to stop by anybody, and that is what happened. The very fact that uh, you cannot go down on concert at night time. Now, my daughter was in Dublin yesterday, and thanks be to God, she got out of Dublin about an hour before it kicked off, but some of her friends were still in Dublin last night, and they were staying in pubs, and they were staying in work because they were afraid to go out in the streets. The problem is, Fran, is... I have two daughters living in Dublin, and both of them will tell you that they will not go down O'Connell Street after 4 o'clock in the evening. Now, O'Connell Street is the main thoroughfare in this country. I was in Berlin a week and a half ago on Alexander Platz and on Potsdamer Platz. There's Christmas markets on those on those areas in Berlin. If you go to Vienna, if you go to Budapest, if you go to, to Paris, you can go around at night time. If you go to Leicester Square in London, there's thousands upon thousands of tourists and locals milling around Leicester Square, Trafalgar Square at night time but not in Dublin. And it hasn't been like that for, or not this year or last year. It hasn't been like that for 10 and 15 years. There's a tension on O'Connell Street all the time after dark that people have been talking about but hasn't been addressed. And, like, I'm going to have a go at the government here. The same government has been in power for the last 12 years. But they can't pretend that all the rest of the country knows that that tension has been there and they don't. And O'Connell Street is safe. O'Connell Street isn't safe and hasn't been safe for a long time. Last night just allowed the people who made concrete unsafe an opportunity to kick off. Forget about politics. Last night was not about politics. Last night was not about the far right. Like, as Timmy said before me, they were there and they're trying They're trying to direct this and mm. they want to get this behind us. But the people kicking off last night, they wouldn't know a ballot paper if it bit them. Mm. The, these you know, are, are thugs. Absolute thugs, thugs and gurriers. Absolute, yeah. absolute yeah. thugs and gurriers. Yeah. But they're there, friend, and they have been there for quite a while. And if you allow thugs and gurriers 
to get away with the small thing for that length of time, then it's going to escalate. And when it escalates, they will go after the big things. I mean, like, there were shops being looted last night. There's no political ideology in looting a shop. There was Garda cars being attacked last night. There's no political ideology in attacking Garda. And I feel really, really sorry for the Garda last night. I really do. Because some of the videos that I've seen, like the one Garda, most people would probably have seen at this stage, one isolated Garda oh, being that attacked. Was, that, was, that was dreadful. I mean, that was very, very dreadful. lucky. Very, very lucky he wasn't killed. Let's be honest about I it. Because it, yeah. that could have gone really badly. Then you have, you know, I saw a line of riot police, or what mm. was supposed to be a line of riot police. But it was like maybe six, seven Garda across a 30-yard yeah. road with 10 yards between them, allowing people to go through the gaps and come in behind them. So I felt really, really sorry for those Garda expected to go and face a mob like that. And, and the really, lack, really the lack of, of riot um, backup and, and gear there, I mean, they, they, I, I, it was like domestic cars that they had as squad cars in the middle of this. There was, you know, they're that's just it. not being resourced. Look, that's exactly it. And the Gardaí have been telling us that, fan. They've been telling us that for years, that they're under-resourced. There are less Gardaí in the country now than there was when, the, when this government went into power. But in the last few years, there's 400,000 extra people in the country. So, I mean, you cannot expand the country all over the place and not expand the institutions that look after the country, one of the one of which being the Gardaí. And let's take it away from Dublin, Fran. We have this in our towns and villages. Mm. You know, last week we had politicians patting themselves on the back in Cashel about keeping the Garda station in Cashel while the renovations are going to go on. But then you find out that they're open for two and a half hours a day, three days a week. Yeah. They're open for five hours a day, one day a week. And they're fully closed for three days a week, mm. which includes the weekends. Now, this is what you have. You have ordinary people who are scared to go out on the streets at night time. And that should not be the case. And I do not blame the guard, the ordinary guard on the beat. They are out trying their best. But they are not getting the resources, either from the government mm. or from their own senior management. But yet they're expected to bear the brunt of it and go out in front of a crowd last night who really... Let's be honest about it. I'm very, very surprised there wasn't Gardaí very, very seriously injured last night. And it could so easily have happened. Um, Minister McEntee, how is her position tenable? I mean, that photo app up with herself and Pascal Dunhu walking around the inner city there and, and claiming Dublin is safe. I mean... It, it's not tenable. And let's be honest about it. Her, her reaction to the last time um, something happened in Dublin, which was the, the, the American tourist being attacked. Yes. And suddenly now, because it became an international story, because it was an American tourist being attacked, they felt they'd had to do something. She had that little walk around Dublin with a phalanx of Gardaí around her, you know, telling people the streets were safe. Well, they're safe for anybody who was able to bring 88 Gardaí around you at, at all times when you walk. But the response fan was to say that there's 10 million euro extra available in Gardaí overtime. Now, the reality of this is that does not put one extra Garda on the street. It just means the Garda on, on the streets are being offered more overtime. These are Garda which are already being overworked. They're overstressed. They're under-resourced. And now you're saying, oh, there's more money for you there. That money won't even be spent, fine. And the other side of that is, if you want to put more Garda on the streets in Dublin, the Tipperary GRA representative said it himself. It means that they're going to come down to Cashel and Clanmel and Wexford and Waterford, and take Gardaí out of those areas to bring them to Dublin to spend the overtime. But all that does in is it leaves the areas that are coming from under-resourced as well. We have Gardaí leaving the force. It, when we were young, Brian, it was almost impossible to get into the Gardaí. Mm. It was regarded as yeah. one of the top jobs in the country. Yeah. Now you have now you have Gardaí leaving the force. Nobody ever left the force when I was young. I was able to go down the town and know every single one of the Gardaí and know that you could call on them and they would be out 
they'd be on the street. The Gardaí knew everybody. But now there's just not enough of them there. Mm. And I feel really sorry for the ones that are there because they're expected to do an awful lot more with an awful lot less. And do you know what surprised me? Maybe it didn't surprise you, Liam, but, uh, you know, with with public unrest, and God knows there's a lot of it around the country and it culminated Mm -hmm. in those awful scenes. But but Richard was telling me from the GRA that that guards are coming out of Templemore now and they're not properly trained for riot control and those sort of major events that might, might happen. They're not in so many in so many uh, areas of, of the country here. We're we're dealing with a kind of a country that was there forty years ago, and we're not training them for what's what what's now. I mean, like forty years ago, if a riot had happened last night, it it would have been the people in front of you that you'd be taken on. But nowadays, you've got mobile phones. You can direct yeah. people to different places. You can move people around. As 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 was being said, I, I think I listened to Adrian Weckler this morning. He was reported for Irish Independent, but he was underground. As soon as one street was closed off, the mob were able to move to another street that wasn't closed off because they were able to share information immediately. They were able to send out you know, uh, videos on social media so you could see where people or people that places that were not resourced. So we can't train Gardaí for an Ireland of 40 years ago and expect them to go out into the Ireland of today. Like we've got to, There's got to be more resources. I mean, we've been talking about body cams on Gardaí and stupid... The stupidity that we're saying, oh, they can't wear body cams because, you know, people are entitled to privacy. There's no reason to be on a guard's body cam unless you're involved in something that you shouldn't be involved in. And that's as simple as that. So why are we spending four or five years putting body cams on guard? We shouldn't have to wait that length of time. Uh, you, we, we do, we're not moving Gardaí into, into towns that are expanding. There's, some of the towns in the country have expanded beyond all, all size from before. But yet the resources in the Garda stations there have not. And I'll go back to Cashel again. Cashel has got an awful lot bigger than it was when I was young. But yet the Garda presence has got an awful lot smaller. Why is that happening? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. Sure it doesn't. It really doesn't it, make it, sense. It, it doesn't make sense. And this I'm saying, you're, you're, you're dealing with a country that wasn't there and the systems that dealt with that country that is not there now. But like to look at things like that in Dublin last night and to pretend and to start using excuses like the far right Maybe there was a little bit of an element of the far right involved in it. But that was not the problem last night. The problem last night was, if you go to, to O'Connell Street next Friday night, you will still see the same gorriers walking around O'Connell Street. You'll still have people being approaching you, looking for money, being menacing and having that undercurrent of, you know, mm. nastiness. Yeah, that, I, don't, I wouldn't mind. There's a brand new Garda station there on O'Connell Street, isn't there? Which would, have, which would have been moments from where that incident happened, where the little children were stabbed, you know? But Friday... The fact is that brand new one is the problem. Yeah. It was. It's only there for a short length of time, and as far as I know, it's only an extension of Store Street. Yeah, and I don't think it's open all of the time either. You exactly, know, so and it's 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 closed at night time yeah. when the problems are there. Like I said, if you go down, if you go down no concert, go down any other any other main thoroughfare in any other European city now coming up to Christmas, and the whole place is lit up like a Christmas tree. To, you know, pardon the pun. We have shops there. There's Christmas markets there. There's always a guard presence there. There's always a police presence. They're discreet, but they're there. Like I said, I walked down Alexander Platz there last week. There's two or three guard, uh, police cars in different corners of the of, of the street. Yeah. You never once felt unsafe. You never once felt that, you know... I mean, we got lost. At one stage, we got lost, and we kind of wandered down a couple of darkish lanes. 
But we never once felt unsafe. And that was me, my daughter, and my, my parents-in-law who were in those It's amazing. And, and you would feel unsafe in Dublin. And regretfully, there's towns around the county you'd feel unsafe in Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. You know, people have been saying that. But, you know, one of the yeah. things I always say to you is, is that we should never be afraid to talk about things. And that's what happens. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. Like, don't say that about this town. We don't want to give the town a bad name. But, like, the worst, the last thing you want is to have something kick off when it's not expected and people don't know what's happening right. and they get themselves into situations must, like we did in Dublin. I must leave it there. Liam, thanks so much for your time this you, morning. You're thanks. welcome. Thank you. Good, good, good morning to you, Liam Brown there. Uh, news and information is coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Welcome back to the second hour of Tip Today. 1800 938 007. The text and WhatsApp is 083 now we have a prize to give away uh, the Talbot Hotel in Clanmel. They're holding their wedding viewing day tomorrow uh, from 11 o'clock tomorrow morning until 4pm and uh, by way of celebration of all of that I suppose they've given us a festive afternoon tea for two to give away in the newly renovated wheat bar and bistro. And if you want to win that, we have a question uh, for you. Uh, what Christmas song contains the lyric Everyone dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way? So can you name the Christmas song that contains that lyric Everyone dancing merrily in the new old-fashioned way? 83 Now, in the last hour, we've been speaking about those dreadful, dreadful incidents in Dublin yesterday. First, the stabbing of the children and the care worker and uh, subsequently then the rioting and the thuggery in uh, Dublin last night. George joins me now. George, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. Uh, great to talk to you today, George. You think that this has been on the boil for quite some time? Well, of course, like, Fran, first of all, I, I'd want to unreservedly condemn what happened in Dublin last night. Absolutely disgusting and disgraceful behaviour. It brings shame on us all. It's absolutely outrageous. And also, just uh, I'd like to also say that the thoughts of everyone in the country, I think, are probably with the families and those little children that were um, injured in that other awful incident that precipitated the whole thing last night. Yeah. But all of this, Fran, is entirely predictable, and there's plenty of precedent there. If you look at any other country around Europe that's had mass immigration from the third world, you have these sorts of incidents happening. Now, this may not be politically correct to say, but it's, these, these are facts. They, uh, now, it hasn't been confirmed officially, but apparently the, 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 the perpetrator in the first incident was an, of North African origin. Mm, right? Al Algerian descent, I understand. Yeah, yeah. apparently now. Yeah. I don't know whether... But, but an Irish citizen, about. George, it's important to say that, and he's been here, I believe, about 20 years or so. so. Well, an Irish citizen, be that as it may, um, he, he's an immigrant from North Africa, as, as, as I understand it. And anywhere, like I said, where you've had mass immigration from the third world, you get these sort of incidents. Now, of course, we have our own crimes here and we have our own criminals and all the rest. Of it. But th this crime is a specific type of crime. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about in, in this case. There's specific crimes that happen um, and they've happened all over England and France. Do you mean knife Belgium. crime, George? 
Sorry? Do you mean knife crime? Is that what you mean? Not just knife crime, but particular like attacks on children, like you had the Battle Clan massacre yeah. in, in Paris, for instance. Attacks just on the general public, just out of the blue, so to speak. Like, these, uh, this isn't a typical crime where someone's trying to gain, uh, say, rob you or to, to, to gain financially or some way. It's not a typical crime. It's a particular type of crime. Yeah. Uh, have we lost George? No, 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 I'm still oh, here. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I, I beg your pardon, George. So so what are you saying to me about this then, George? I mean, can we expect more of this? Is that, Absolutely. Is that the While we continue to allow mass immigration into the country unchecked, it would appear, because our... our, our Politicians are completely out of touch. There are protests happening now all over this country mm. in regards to the immigration policy, and we're being completely ignored. There was a protest, as you're well aware, recently here in Cashel yeah. in respect of, of uh, immigration, and the same thing is happening all over the country. There are protests taking place in many towns and villages all over the country because our immigration policy is crazy. We're allowing in too many people. We simply don't have the wherewithal to cope with anymore. And George, is it a problem then that much of the conversation I hear, much of the rhetoric from our politicians now is around the far right? And is that that a smokescreen over what you think are the real issues here? Absolutely. I was listening to our Minister for Justice this morning and the waffle and the prevarication and all the nonsense talk and they won't call it for what it is. They won't come out straight and say what what's the nub of the whole problem, which is mass immigration. That's the facts of the matter, as politically incorrect as it might sound. That's the reality. And the politicians are running scared from it. We had it recently in our own town here where the politicians are afraid of their life to face the public because they know what the public are concerned about, but they don't want to take it on because it's it's a, a political hot potato. And that's the case. I listened to the tarnished this morning as well, the same thing. Nonsense talk. Talking around in riddles. Talking in riddles, that just talk for twenty minutes and say nothing. Yeah, some people taking us to task this morning for, I, I suppose, maybe concentrating on the rioting and those events in Dublin, as as opposed to the stabbings of those unfortunate little children, George. We have to be careful of that too, I guess. Isn't it awful to think of those little children? Yeah. I have grandchildren myself of the same age. Yeah, sure, five year old, a five year old, the most innocent of little creatures on earth to be attacked by a man with a knife. It's almost inconceivable. It's just so shocking. And But like I said, it's entirely predictable. This was bound to happen. And we will pro- have further incidences while we continue to allow mass immigration. Apparently, 800 a week are coming into the country. Now, that's probably a gross underestimate, but that's a figure that I've heard. And apparently, a lot of these people, immediately on arrival into the country, destroyed their documentation with a view to concealing their identity. Now, why would they be concealing their identity? That's the question that needs to be asked. And these people that are deliberately concealing their identity should be immediately deported. And another laugh and a joke is that they have to self-deport if they're found wanting yes. under our immigration yeah. legislation. Yeah. Absolute joke. I mean, how, like, how the first job of a government is to protect its people. That's the first job of a government, is to protect and defend its people. And, and speak, very bad job. speaking of the protection as well, I mean, we, we, I'm not sure if you got a chance to listen earlier, George, but we were speaking to a, uh, the GRA rep for Tipperary, and he was explaining the complete lack of resources, the lack of training of young Gardaí, who were then put out there in the front line last night to Absolutely. Combat. I mean, 
like those young lads are out there. What are they getting? I think their wages are around five hundred. And, and young women as well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yes. they're, they're facing up to these thugs above in Dublin who have no regard for the law, good, bad, or different, or they've no regard for anybody's life or property. And they're to go out there and face up to those for five hundred quid a week. It's an absolute joke. The resources for the for the guards is obviously they're, they're vastly under resourced. But not only that, our whole country is under massive pressure. I mean. If you're living here in Cashel, it'll take you somewhere in the region of three weeks to get a doctor's appointment, right? That's and this is this is just indicative of what's happening all over the country. It's an absolute disgrace. How many more people are we going to take in before we say, "Hold on a minute, we're, stop, we can't take any more." Mm. Well, well, already we're hearing from the Taoiseach and the Tonish to know about capacity. Uh, here, yeah, buzz, another buzzword. They can talk about capacity while it's yeah. continuing. Why don't they just say instead of saying capacity, you say let's put a stop to this mm. to protect our people and to protect our country? Well, they'll talk to you. We about, don't deserve. They'll any talk of this. to you about obligations under this and that and the other thing too. Yes, to, but you can renege on obligations when they become when they when they become overburdened to, to the detriment of an economy. Absolutely, or, or, or your to people, the detriment yeah. not only to the economy but our society as a whole. There's huge problems welling up in this country. It's very obvious for anyone to see. I saw it here at a local level. Women afraid to go out onto the streets. It's absolutely yeah. terrible. You, Fran, you were brought you were brought from Cashel around sure. the same time yeah. as I was back in the seventies. Yeah. A woman would be safe to walk day or night any part of this town, Person. or I would go so far as to say any town in this country. Yep. Now yep. it's not the case, and you have to ask yourself why. And the reasons to me are very obvious. Yeah, and I mean, I know you, and I know your family. You you couldn't be described as right wing or absolutely not. Uh, I, like you these know, are buzzwords yeah. used used to stifle debate about issues of real concern. It's very easy to label someone. Oh, you're a racist. You're right wing. Blah blah blah. That's used in an effort to stifle debate about issues of real concern to people, like what's happening in this country now. They can call me whatever they like, I don't care. The truth is the truth, and it will stand up on its own two hind legs. And can I finally ask you, George, those unfortunate events that happened yesterday, are we going to see more of that? Absolutely. There's no question. Whilst, whilst we continue, if you if you continue to do the same thing, you will get the same result. You need to change things to get a different result. That's an old adage and absolutely true. All right, George. Great to talk to you today. And thanks so much for your time, George. My best to your family. Thank you. Thank you. you. That's uh, George in Cashel speaking to us there. Now we had to delay him this morning, but uh, I'm delighted to say Johnny Luby is with me. Johnny, good morning to you. Good morning, Frank. Good to talk. And apologies to you, Johnny, but we had all sorts of uh, stuff this morning that we had to cover. How are you, Johnny? I'm a friend, not too bad, but when you see what's going on in Dublin, it's unbelievable. You know, the misfortunate girls there, and they're trying to control a, a, a mob that was uh, unbelievable. You know, the Garda Kale set on fire, and then we had the uh, stabbing of the, 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 the people. Yeah, yeah. Mother of God, above tonight, you have to go out to the whole bloody lot, you know. But uh, like this government, look, they're all now in power. Helen McEntee came on the papers there and on TV with six girls around her, and she's telling us Dublin is a safe place, come and visit. Fine, I wouldn't go near Dublin. Would you not? Uh, no. Not at all. I've been dreading my life. And you're talking about a man who played hurling and football and got sent off and left on and everything else, but apart from all that. Because absolutely frightening last night. Like those misfortunate girls to have to face those, fans, and yeah. every one of them, or most of them, are married with families and everything else. Mm. You know. And and very little resources there or equipment oh, or training I mean, for these kind of events, yeah? Yeah. 
the ball uh, losing uh, and breaking mm. windows there are where people are working and trying to earn a wage and all of and everything mm. like that. I honestly believe the army should have been there as a backup as well last night. Did you ever see the likes of that, Johnny? Did you ever no, see anything even no, close? I, uh, to uh, I did not. And look, you had some great speakers on this morning. Liam Brown, I could give forever listening to yeah. him because he talks reality, and mm. that's what we want in this country is reality. The plain facts of the matter is, is that twelve thousand jobs in this country and we're having an extra 100,000 people, maybe 150,000 in the last year. The guards should be up in about 20,000 guards yeah. uh, and, and patrolling the streets or uh, to be seen on the street. I mean, we're expecting the guards now to work now 24 7. Mm. Mm. You know, the whole mm. cashless closed down at New Guard Station. And I heard them meet you the other morning, they're talking to lads there about the southern district. They are down to, from is it Kea down to Carrick and yeah. Jordan, back up to Featherton, over to Cashew. Mother of God, how can they uh, do their job uh, at all at all? You know, and now they were saying that the girls are coming out and out. Uh, are they trained properly for all these riots and the whole lot? Which possibly, and I hope to God it doesn't, it will possibly happen again. I mean, what can the girls do? Mm. Call a spade a spade. The army should be brought in. And, and, and the trouble is, because of resources and numbers, they'll be calling up Gardaí from other counties, including Tipperary, Johnny, and that depletes the amount of Gardaí available uh, to us here. You know, so to me, is this, is, this government is in turmoil. I don't want to go on about everything else, but even watching the news last night, the other again, about the nitrates and the spreading of slurry and the whole yeah. lot, and uh, they are the farming, farming communities in huge trouble when you watch ear to the ground and they're getting only so much to the instead of way much more and, uh, and that they've been penalised in for spreading slurry that's not a watery type and all of that and the fertiliser does this thing above in the sky uh, that's watching everything and still it couldn't watch a bank robber coming out after robbing a bloody bank you know what I'm saying yeah, I know. Like, the, whole, the whole thing is a bloody fast you look at the health system the there and they, they overworked the, the education system in turmoil the, everything in this country that this government is involved with they just they just don't know how to uh, uh, operate properly I mean I feel sorry for uh, Helen McEntee but I have a funny feeling her time is up that's my opinion well yeah, uh, yeah a lot of people uh, saying that to us this morning on on, on text and whatsapp and anyway, anyway cheer us up johnny and tell us about some friend. some sporty stuff that's happening hey, anyway yeah listen to me this will go through fairly quick because you, yeah. you have a bloody hidden agenda on this moment <laughs> uh, the, the best wishes to you camille come up and throughout this weekend in a month of semi-final against the England. i've no doubt they'll represent the, cow- the county with pride they're up against the top class team from Kerry with maybe household names as well but we won't be too far off the mark and the best wishes to Clamel commercials. Uh, I suppose Fran in rugby uh, the big one is uh, tomorrow evening Leinster play Munster above and give the stadium it's a sellout. Mm. Uh, Munster will find it very hard to win away. They're not playing well at the moment that's my honest God's opinion maybe they're tired after the World Cups and all of that but uh, I think Leinster uh, will certainly uh, be up for the game because of what happened uh, last year. Uh, week led Leinster to a semi final of the All-Ireland Cup, that's the big thing. Cashel, uh, Clanmel uh, and uh, Nina all advanced and played right well in the Senior Cup rugby. Clan William are also doing fairly well as well as uh, Fedot and 
uh, tallest young, all all tipping away. On Sunday evening last when I was over with my good friend up Tommy O'Kane from uh, around uh, Leffens Bridge area. Mm. He knows you well. He saw you playing uh, years ago down. Did you play in Liston Lerner? I did indeed for many, many years indeed. I did, yeah. He he I didn't tell Tommy. you any tales, I hope, now, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to tell you what he told me. But anyway, uh, yeah, he said, uh, you're a top class mu- musician then, and from what he knows, are after getting better and improving and the whole bloody lot. But anyway, I called into the house and hound in Dwella on the way back after meeting Tommy, and uh, didn't I see my beloved Swans playing St. Nicholas in the uh, soccer league? Uh, a fine crowd here, they all adjourned to the uh, Austin Hound uh, in Dwella. They play cards every Sunday evening. Do you play cards? I don't play cards, but I'd love to play cards. But I don't, yeah, but no. You see, yeah, but to be able to play cards, you need to be able to wink and nod. <laughs> you see, and even you, you must be very good at it then, are you? <laughs> right, good all together. A <laughs> uh, 25 player drive every Sunday evening there from 6 to 8. And, friend, uh, uh, I got a phone call just this morning to say a sincere thanks there for uh, giving space to the uh, GoFundMe page, the uh, oh, what's this? you know the glitz and groove. Oh, yeah. uh, they're a sellout crowd on the second of December in the Dome in Taurus. Uh, huge crowd, uh, sellout tickets are all gone in that seat. Joyce and Ryan and Theresa Corbett were there, and it's for uh, a retreat area in the garden for the uh, palliative cases. Uh, it's made of the palliative care uh, services in the, com- in the community hospital of the Assumption in Tullus and Surehaven. And if anybody wants to donate anything, if they go to the Glitz and Groove uh, page uh, fundraiser, mm. they can they can scan the OR code or the QR code uh, on, on the post or whatever else. You, you'd be and, a good uh, man now with the QR codes, I'd say, I would you? <laughs> I'm about it, but <laughs> Peter Harrington is the MC, and right. Michelle Fitzpatrick is the company for the fashion show as well on the night, but tickets are sold out. That's on the 2nd of December. But uh, also, there's a big, uh, the ship celebrated 20 years in business there last week, friend, and they raised over a thousand euro for the RNLI. Oh, very good. The Royal Navy, or whatever that is. <laughs> uh, but fair play to Billy and Mary. Because uh, I had it written down until I rang the bell to confirm. I said, Billy, I just Trying to get this right, I said, Is it the IN, INLA? No, he said, Not the INLA. He said, It's the RSLA. I said, Good man, Billy. Uh, they raised over a thousand. And, friend, tomorrow night, now, in Pope of Yours, are celebrating 25 years. And Where's that's the Bridge House and Gold. Ah, fair play. That, that's tomorrow night, is it? That's tomorrow night, oh, of which I'll be meeting you in the bridge Sunday during the week with Muriel O'Connor to find out about this thing on the 2nd or 3rd of February in the... Yeah, Rubaru on, on the 3rd of February, yourselves and and and, uh, and ourselves and... Who's there? T.R. Dallas and Michael Collins and stuff as well. I, yeah. friend, I, won't, I won't see the bloody wind between this and then. Any I can't... Go to that, do you hear Friends, the dwell at Plowing with clear chambers uh, of commerce. They have a tractor Christmas lights on the 2nd of December, which is Saturday week. Registrations on Mittelstown Road at 5 pm, and all proceeds go to the hospice. Uh, cars, tractors, bikes, all this up with Christmas lights and fair place to those fundraisers for raising money because uh, the likes of the the hospices uh, near and dear to myself oh, yeah. and I just love what they do you know Pat, we were talking about Deirdre Darcy Hope and the Lord of Mercy in our, uh, where they had the, their big uh, cancer fundraiser and they also ran in the marathon well tomorrow night in Paddy's 
Clare in Kerry Glass at 830 they're finishing up with some kind of a, a final fund and Fran the money they collected is huge we will know next week but it's for the Naughty Prospects and the Irish Cancer Society Brilliant. two other brilliant causes and Deirdre Darcy Hope now is up there at their uh, sale of work and the whole lot it was magnificent uh, the girls are involved when I mean, you see what the girls the way they're involved in the hospice and the cancer yeah, raising funds yeah, and the whole lot and to see the way that the black air was above in Dublin yeah, an absolute really, uh, really, really unfortunate and indeed friend, yeah. yeah I want to say hello to Mary English in Ballyporeen listens every Friday morning uh, to us and when I'm finished friend, she doesn't show up the cheek the cheek hello Mary Column and staff are holding a cookout morning Saturday the 2nd of December at Brown's Supermarket in Cahine. Uh, it's in aid of the Skull Comet Additional Needs School in Cashel, 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Haven't they absolutely fantastic? Ah, that's great. That's great altogether. And friend, the Cashel Community School on Monday next, uh, uh, 2 to 6, uh, they have over 40 stands inside of this uh, to talk into the youngsters who are in transition year and the parents, especially, to see if their jobs out there for the youngsters or apprenticeships, uh, TPE, TB, uh, you have. Uh, the Gardaí and the Army will be there with stands and that and it's just to talk to the whole uh, lot of them uh, right. like George Barber and in Cashel and Tina Flanagan they're involved in that and I suppose friend, to finish up in the Hearty Cup people are wondering where it is at the moment well mm. Nina CPS are straight through with Tullus Middleton and uh, and uh, Al Skullrish and the preliminary quarterfinals which are on next Wednesday uh, uh our Lady's Temple Moor mm. meeting John the Baptist, St. Flannan's v. Castle try, uh, Coleman's v. PBC, and uh, that sort of casual up in Charleville. And that's all, and that's all on trying to... Uh, mighty, mighty stuff. Do you know where I am on Sunday night? Where? I'm up in Clonmore, the place where you made an appearance last time round in Fitzpatrick's in Clonmore. And I, you, and and, and you that, ate and you I, drank up there and you were taking <laughs> photographs of people and... <laughs> Mighty, mighty altogether, yeah. Hey, you'd never know with me. I might get to it because I have to call to another place that's not a hundred miles away. Oh, you have to drop in. It'd be great, yeah. Sunday night at Fitzpatrick's in Clonmore, yeah. Yeah, and you see, and if you go up early, you'll get to dinner, though. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell John to have it ready. Tell John to have it ready. All right. class food. Take it easy, Johnny. uh, Finally, look to finish up. Uh, I know your mum was taken up, but what a God was frightening last night watching that. And, friend, I would suggest that this is what I would only suggest. Mm. You have to hit the people that are causing all this. Whatever uh, suspensions are given from a whole lot, uh, they're, they'll have to uh, give half their allowances, whether they get the dole or the pension, like myself, or whatever the case may be. Mm. Half their allowance every week will have to go back in to uh, the likes of the stores in Dublin that were and losing the whole lot. Well, we seem to be losing the whole thing. Ah, sure, look, I know. Johnny, great to talk to you today and look after yourself and apologies for the delay as well. Thank you, uh, the great Johnny Luby there. Back in a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie School psychologists will be on the ground at Gael Skull Collage de Murrah on Parnell Street in Dublin to support staff and students uh, trying to come to terms with the yesterday's stabbing incident which left five people, including that five-year-old girl, hospitalised. Our psychotherapist, uh, Suzanne O'Donoghue, uh, joins me now. Uh, Suzanne, good morning to you. 
Good morning, Fran. How are you doing? I, I'm very well indeed, Suzanne. But what about the trauma that uh, the victims yesterday would have gone through and indeed the other students as well who might have witnessed this? Uh, what about dealing with that, Suzanne? Yeah, I think when traumatic events like that happen, you know, it's so important to realise that, you know, we know we know that it's obvious that the people who are involved in it, who are hurt, that they're traumatised. But the people who watch as well, that's hugely traumatic for them. And the other children and the parents waiting outside, not knowing if their children were all right. Like, it's huge, isn't it? And, like, when you think about the Gardaí who attended and all the emergency services, it's huge for everybody involved, you know? So I think, you know, what we really need to do is we need to comfort, support and reassure, you know, the children um, that they feel safe. This can help them, you know, if you if you give them that reassurance and support and comfort, that they that can help them then manage their feelings of fear. And it's to guide them through the grief then, you know, and help them recover in a healthy way, you know? So it's about that accompaniment, you know, that lovely accompaniment mm-hmm. to let them know that, you're safe, we're here for you, yeah, we have you, you know, there's a lovely holding here for you, you know, and I think to be in that place, you know, for your mm. children, you really need to take care of yourself in it as well, you know, because it's 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 so impactful, isn't it, what has happened? Like, it's huge. Yeah, because obviously, and we'll talk about the children in a moment, but I mean, parents are traumatised in terms of, you know, asking ourselves, even outside of Dublin at this point, how safe are our yeah. children. And to carry that with you all the time, Susan, I presume, could be very damaging and very debilitating, it's, you know? Yeah, well, then you're living in fear, aren't you, Fran? Yeah, and, like, yeah. that that sense of being a f- fear paralyzes us. It stops us from living our lives. So it's, like, I think it's to recognize and identify what's going on for you, yeah? Um, and I suppose it's to get that sense of, if I need help, it's okay to ask for it. If I'm in a place of terror, because that's what I would call it, you know, to be like that kind of sense of fear for your children. Are we going to be safe? Are we going to be? But if you have that for yourself, your children will feed off it. So it's very important that you take care of yourself so you can Mm. sit with your children, you know. And it's, yeah, listen, 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 listen to yourself is so important. And then you'll be in a place to listen to your children. Yes, and I'm also conscious that, I mean, these radio reports were coming through yesterday, maybe while children were being driven home from school. And we think that just because we're removed from something that it doesn't affect them. But that wouldn't be right, Susan, would it? No, because children are always listening, right? They're always, you know, they're so clued in, aren't they? And their safety is key. You know, a child needs to feel safe. They need to feel like the world is safe, you know, and we all know that it is to a certain degree, but then stuff like this happens and it throws everything up the air. So I would say minimise, like, be conscious around what's on the TV, what's on the radio, you know, what you're talking uh, with other adults, you know, Mm. and are the children present. Be conscious of all that because they are sponges, you know, they take everything in. You know, my own daughter, remember Madeleine McCann, when she went missing, you know, and she used to read the newspaper. Yeah. You know, you'd have the newspaper turn around and she'd read it. And I had to stop buying the newspaper, you know, yeah. because, of course, the phones weren't that big back then. But, like, that's so important now to monitor all that and make sure that what they're watching on their phones, you know, and I know the discussion about phones has been going on now yeah. for the last couple of months. But, like, it's so important because if we're traumatized by it, you know, of course children are going to be. But just remember, we are the example of how we take care of ourselves. So we need to show them 
what you need to do to mind yourself when stuff like this happens. Yeah, that's the best lesson we can possibly give them. Uh, and to, Susan, if they ask you specifically, um, and they may do so because they're hearing bits and pieces, so if they yeah. ask you, and I'm thinking here now of five, six-year-olds possibly, what happened yesterday? How would you begin to tell that story to them? Because you can't ignore it. Well, I think the bit, no, you can't ignore it, right? You, you, I think it's to acknowledge that they have real fears here. And I think listening is the first um, step of any communication or any relationship, right? It's to be able to listen and maybe to put the put it back to them. And how was that for you? And, you know, what's, what's happening for you? Instead of rushing in and trying to fix it or trying to explain it away or try to tell them that they're going to be fine, there's nothing wrong. It's not about diluting it. It's not about minimizing it. It's not about pushing it away. But a lot of times we need to be careful about when we respond to children because sometimes we might give too much, you know, too yes, much information. Yes. So a lot of the time it's better off to ask them the question, well, how was that for you? Or, you know, what's, what do you think about it? And therefore we're not kind of given over information. Do you know what I mean? But we're, we're teasing out gently how it is for them. Yes, and you know, you know, maybe mm. then they'll talk about how they feel around it, which is what what it's all about, isn't it? And that notion of saying, "Oh, a bad man perpetrated this in some way," is there a danger there that it conjures up images that they might take to bed with them then and take? Yeah, to... you know, and like there's lots of stuff comes out of this. You know what I mean? There's there's huge trauma, and it's about accompanying the child. It's not about reacting. It's about taking a deep breath and responding to what you think their needs are. And listen. Like there's no there's no you know rule book to follow with this. Each child is going to be individual. Course, Each yeah. parent is going to be unique and individual. So like if you need help, don't be afraid to ask for it. You know because I'm sure that there is going to be so much services in Dublin. But also like I think we need to take care of people who have heard this on the radio or children as you say who are listening mm, in. Mm. You know it's so important. And, like, there's great resources out there, even online, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Bernardo's and, you know, you can go into all, the, you know, kids' mental health and, you know, the government uh, has different websites. So I think it's so important. Get informed, do you know what I mean? But I think always listening is the best way forward. It's not about, you know, um, take it, like, tell them that it, there's nothing to worry about. It's not about telling them that, you know, uh, everything's okay. Because if they don't feel it's okay then it's not okay for them, you know? So it's about being able to accompany them and being able to sit with them in their fear. Of course. And, you know, the little children who were stabbed, one of them in particular very very seriously, and that, you know, care worker who put her life on, on yeah. the line to save the children as well. After incidents like that, where do you even begin to pick up the pieces, Suzanne? I think it's very slowly, isn't it? It's just that, you know support it's that reassurance that you're safe now it's uh, providing the comfort that they need it's providing the listening ear it's um just letting them know and being i think persistent and consistent is is a great thing because you know if if things are you know certain things happen all of a sudden or it can bring back all that sense of the world's not safe again it's unpredictable, you know what I mean? So I think to be as consistent and predictable as possible, you know, and let them know in advance if something's going to change or the routines are going to be different. Patience is huge, yeah? Mm -hmm. And allow allow them some control, you know, age-appropriate, of course, you know, mm -hmm. choices around, you know, you know, what is it you'd like to do around it or, you know, how can I support you in it or what would you like from me, you know? 
and encourage that sense of self-esteem, you know, where they can, you know, build back the resilience, you know, and, you know, get that sense of I'm okay here, you know. I think that's huge. And just remember, all behaviour makes sense. So it's it's not about punishing the behaviour because then we miss the deeper meaning. Because I know that, like, for a lot of parents, you know, you feel that you traumatised yourself. But mm. then if mm. they go to do something, you're going to go, don't do that, don't do that. You know, it, it's that automatic reaction to, oh, my God, don't be doing that. Or, you know, mm. just take a deep breath, step back, try and get yourself in a position where you're listening and not reacting, you know, and then take your time to respond, you know what I mean, to see what's best for you here and what's best for your child here, you know. And I think it's so important that parents now or anybody who has the care of the child, yeah, even those carers inside, you know, that, that mm-hmm. those kids were, that were working with those kids, that they get the opportunity now, you know, to look at what's coming up for them because it's huge because we model the behaviour the whole time. And behaviour leads behaviour, yeah. Susan, always a pleasure. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on with us this morning. Uh, really no good problem. to talk to you as always. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Take good, care, Fran. All right. Good morning Take to you, care. Susan. Bye-bye. That's uh, Susan O'Donoghue there, who's a, a psychologist and is our regular psychologist indeed on the programme as well. 1800-938-007. And we'll take a break. Back in just a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie The winner of our festive afternoon tea at the Talbot is Catherine McGrath Grange Mokler. Well done to you, Catherine. And uh, we're giving that prize away by way of celebration of the fact that tomorrow... Uh, you can find out all about uh, your wedding celebrations at the lovely uh, Talbot Hotel from 11 o'clock tomorrow morning and that's running right through until 4 o'clock as well. Now let's go up north because Light Up Nina will happen this coming Sunday, November 26th and it will kick off a month-long extravaganza of live festive entertainment. To talk to me about this, I'm glad to be joined by an old friend, uh, David Spain of AV, Spain AV. Good morning to you, David. Fran, how are you doing? And thank you so much for having us on. How's things? Uh, things are very well indeed, and we're hoping that you'll cheer us up today because it's been kind of doom and gloom so far, David. What can we expect from Sunday? There's a, Sunday is going to be absolutely fantastic. So what we're doing is, this is our third year uh, putting on such uh, an event, and we're going to pedestrianise all of Pier Street. We close off the main street of Nina uh, to traffic, we build a gigantic stage up at one end near the Bank of Ireland uh, and we have uh, music uh, from three until six and we have lots of children's entertainment, lots of fun, lots of music, lots of dancing and uh, then we have Santa Claus who will arrive at half five and he will switch on uh, the Christmas lights. Now, saying that, uh, we have to get through the Grinch first so he'll be there <laughs> giving out about Christmas. So we have lots of fun, lots of characters Lots of crack. That sounds fantastic. And everybody welcome. It's important to say that, David. Oh, absolutely. Listen, if you're from Nina or if you're from Tumivara, you're down south, if you feel like you want to hop in your car uh, and come up to Nina and take part in the celebrations, uh, not just for Nina, but for all the Tipperary, then listen, we'd love to have you. It's open to absolutely everybody and we have a huge big street. We have loads and loads of space. So if uh, if you want to experience the Christmas vibe, then listen, come to the town. We're the, we, you know, we're the guys for you and Nina is the place to be this Sunday. It'll be, it'll be lots of fun. And they're given the weather 
uh, they're giving the weather good. I'm, I'm not, they're not going to hex myself, but we're uh, <laughs> but we're absolutely uh, hopeful. So we think cold, the odd drizzle, but listen, come on down. We'll, we'll just have the best of time. That's great. I'm looking forward to being there myself as well. It is fair to say that it will kick off a month-long extravaganza with all sorts of events coming up, David. Absolutely. The uh, when we were putting together uh, this year's lineup for uh, the turning on of the Christmas lights, we sat down with the uh, Tipperary County Council, the Nina Municipal District, and we said, "Listen, there's so much that happens in Nina over the course of Nina, right? That you know, could we try and maybe tie some of it all together? Could we run something else that wasn't just the uh, the turning on of the Christmas lights?" So the whole thing kicks off on. Sunday, and we're going to have a gigantic video disco. We have Christmas karaoke. We have a singing Santa Claus, and we have a whole host of local talent. There's so much talent in Nina. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, later in the month, we are running Christmas at the Castle. And this is the uh, it's the first two-day Christ- Christmas festival and market that's going to happen in Nina on the grounds of Nina Castle uh, and Nina Castle Gardens. Uh, so you'll be able to come in. You'll be able to... We're doing a whole wonder lighting. The trees will be lit up. It'll be lots of installations to be lots of fun um then on that saturday and sunday there's a full uh festive market all of this is completely free so you just turn up at the castle come in through the gates experience all of the artisan stalls there's there you know there's going to be a children's fun fair there's there's live music we have carol singers we have local singers singing again um but for the first time in a long long time we have santa in the castle. So you would be able to come uh, and see Santa Claus and the Grinch on the first floor of Nina Castle. Very festive. Very, you know, good, good crack there. Um, You will have to book in advance for Santa Claus, uh, but what we've done is we've, we've been able to make the Santa Claus accessible and affordable to everybody, but all of the information all about Santa, uh, you will be able to go to uh, the Nina Tourist Office, mm. follow our social media, all our numbers are there, talk to the guys direct and book your slot. That will be uh, loads and loads of fun, but everything else is completely free. It's going to run for two days. Um, then later in uh, the month, we have uh, just, there's so many different things happening, Nina, yeah. so, so follow in life, you'll yeah. see a whole list of everybody. I know the, and the Christmas tractors, which is a huge event, that's happening on the twenty third. I know at six it, p.m. It, as well, it, it so absolutely is, yeah. and huge props to uh, Albert Purcell yeah. and his committee. It's not a small event to put on, um, but they work so so hard, and they're going to roll through the town on the the uh, on the the twenty third. So yeah. it's going to be so much fun. Well, so David, if you're around, yeah, David, fair play to the OPW and to the local authority for giving access to the castle because that adds greatly to the whole thing, doesn't it? It, it, it really does. And I have to say that uh, the support that we receive for events like this from the Tipperary County Council and mm. from the OPW is, is absolutely fantastic. They're so easy to work with. They're specific, absolutely, uh, and rightly so. But the castle uh, in the historical and cultural quarter of Nina is, is, is an amazing place to visit. Again, it's completely free. Mm. So if you're passing through the town, right, um, then ab- just park up pop on in. It's 101 steps to the top. Kevin Whedon will tell you that, right? Uh, he is the tour guide there, but brilliant, brilliant facility to have. And, and yeah, so it's going to look amazing. There'll be lots of fun, lots of festive things going on, you know, so you'll have great crack like. Uh, that's brilliant. And uh, really looking forward. So it all kicks off on Sunday, about three o'clock, you think, David, yeah? There's uh, all the entertainment will kick off from three uh, until about six. Um, so we turn on the Christmas lights, uh, 
Santa will arrive from about half five. Now, when the whole thing is over, you will be able to meet all of the children's characters. We have Paw Patrol, we have Elsa from Frozen, we have Mickey and Minnie, we have our singing Santa. So you'll be able to come take your photos and, and, and have the crack. So And once we're finished you will be able to pop on up to uh, the courthouse for the lighting of the tree of remembrance at, at quarter past six. So for anybody that wants to continue uh, the uh, the evening, then we recommend you head up there. So it'll be a really nice, fun, entertaining family day. All and right. we're looking forward to seeing you too. Looking forward to it as well. David, you look after yourselves and that all sounds fantastic. Thanks very much indeed. Thank Listen, you. Good thank you very much you. for having us. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank well, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to you now. It's David Spain there of Spain. AV, wonderful uh, sound and lighting and tech company up there in Anina as well. I want to say a special hello and happy birthday to a wonderful lady, and that's Mary Gibson of Clock Jordan. and wish her a very happy 90th birthday today. I believe she's a big, big fan of uh, Tip FM. And my, my colleague Paul Carroll told me all about Mary and how lovely she is and all of that. So, Mary, I hope you're going to be spoilt and looked after today and lots of prezies and all, all of that. Uh, news and information's coming up. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Uh, welcome along to the final hour of Tip Today. Now, uh, we're with you, of course, every weekday morning from 9 and in the 9 o'clock hour this morning, we spoke to Liam Brown, local activist, um, and he spoke to us about yesterday's horrific events in Dublin. First, of course, the stabbing of the three children and uh, the care worker as well. Um, the riots, of course, that uh, followed that in the capital overnight. And I asked Liam about the political reaction, especially from the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, and whether her position is now tenable. Here's a little of what, she, uh, what uh, he had to say to me this morning. It's not tenable. And let's be honest about it. Her, her reaction to the last time um, something happened in Dublin, which was the the, the American tourist being attacked, yes. and suddenly now because it became an international story because it was an American tourist being attacked, they felt they had to do something. She had that little walk around Dublin with a phalanx of Gardaí around her, you know, telling people the streets were safe. Well, they're safe for anybody who is able to bring eighty eight Gardaí around you at, at all times when you walk. But the response fan was to say that there's ten million euro extra available in Gardaí overtime. Now, the reality of this is that does not put one extra Garda on the street. It just means the Garda on, on the streets are being offered more overtime. These are Garda which are already been overworked. They're overstressed. They're under-resourced. And now you're saying, oh, there's more money for you there. That money won't even be spent, fine. And the other side of that is, if you want to put more Garda on the street in Dublin, the Tipperary GRA representative said it himself. It means that they're going to come down to Cashel and Clanmel and Wexford and Walford and take Gardaí out of those areas to bring them to Dublin to spend the overtime. But all that does then is it leaves the areas that they're coming from under-resourced as well. We have Gardaí leaving the force. It, when we were young, friend, it was almost impossible to get into the Gardaí. Mm. It was regarded as yeah. one of the top jobs in the country. Yeah. Now you have now you have Gardaí leaving the force. Nobody ever left the force when I was young. I was able to go down the town and know every single one of the Gardaí and know that you could call on them and they would be out, they'd be on the street. The Gardaí knew everybody. But now there's just not enough of them there. Mm. And I feel really sorry for the ones that are there because they're expected to do an awful lot more with an awful lot less. 
Local activist in the Cashel area, Liam Brown, who spoke to me in the nine o'clock car. Now let's say hello to our Friday panel. I'm glad to be joined by Alison Devere Hunt of Cashel Mart. Carl Clancy is with us. Carl is a columnist with the Nationalist. And for the first time, we'd love to uh, welcome former Army Commandant uh, JJ Killian is with us as well. JJ, you're very welcome. Thank and you thanks, very much. thanks indeed thank you. for joining us today. And needed to say, Carl and Alison, very, very welcome too. And thank, thank you for you. that. Um, can I start with you, Alison? Needless to say, we're going to to discuss uh, yesterday's happenings in the capital. But can I start with the stabbing of the children? As a mum yourself, that notion that our little children not safe now, uh, what, what are you making of that? Oh, sure, it's shocking, Fran. Like, and to be honest, looking at media reports, and I kind of went outside Ireland to look at media reports because there's very little on, you know, the, the incident itself um, in our own, say, national media. Like, it's... It's crazy. I was actually up in Parnell Street last week with my three-year-old and we have our own homegrown gorriers. Um, now there's a mix of, you know, a lot. Um, but to be honest, there's so many young people out there, I'd say, that aren't wanted, that aren't loved. They're out in the streets. Parents don't care. Um, and was that evident even last week? Oh, it was. Like, was I remember it, yeah. coming up to a group of youths and lifting my small fella up into my arms because the effing I'm blinding and I'm going to get this fella and what's he saying about me? And, you know, just bravado, <coughs> you know, and it's you're there kind of going, oh, my God, you need a good hard day's work. Um, because, they're, you know, they're fit, they're doing nothing, so they're fit for nothing. Um, mm. And they're being allowed to do nothing. And that's part of the problem. Now, to be honest, they looked to me like they were school going age. The, um, mm. But I don't know, like, to be honest, for those parents trying to get into their kids last night because oh the Gardaí had to bring them in, you know, oh, bit by bit. And the worry and the lack of information. Like, we heard so much about the riots and the far yes. right and all of that. But we've heard so little about the victims and the perpetrator and the condition of the mm. victims. Now, um, I, I would say this, but I thought the coverage on RT was appalling. Shocking. And to see Miriam O'Callaghan interview Helen McEntee last night. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm. The lip service, you know, the D Dublin is safe. It's all the right wing. Even th the way the mm. questions were asked. No wonder people are up in arms. Yes. People are afraid, their concerns are not being listened to. Anyone that has a query now or a question is being automatically labelled as far right. And the minute that said, you know, like, mm. you're shut down. You yes. can't, you, your opinion is now, invalid. There were unfortunate elements last night because we heard some of it on, on, on some pieces of audio that we played where there was encouraging people Oh, to massive, and commit I saw these completely, crimes, and you know, you know, say going to Leo Varadkar's house, <clears throat> yeah, and know, this and that. I wouldn't yeah. have any time for any of that kind of carry on, and the mm. looting. And look, there was people of all ethnicities, ethnicities they are mm. looting last night. Um, it was out of control, mm. and like the thing is, you know, coming from Cashel, a Garda station, you know, that is null and void, let's say at the moment. The Gardaí aren't mm. there. Like, when I was listening to you coming in this morning, I was there thinking, we need maybe someone over, a, a new commissioner. Get Drew Harris out. He's He has had an abominable career, mm. as, far, as far as I can see it, from when he came in. There's no confidence from his own. Um, mm. So no wonder people are leaving in their droves. But we need someone like the French. You know, they, they t tolerate 
no nonsense. Um, you know, like Gary So what, you need a zero tolerance, you think? Uh, zero of, tolerance to that kind. Yeah. Of, and pulling people out of different counties well, to that's, come that's up. Well, that's a huge issue. You know, Carl, Carl what are you making issue. overall of it? Let, let's start with the little kids, I, I suppose, Carl. Okay, I, I don't think that we've actually been told enough about the actual incident mm. to know who was the intended victim. Well, your man is still in hospital, so I think that they can't even question him until later on. So uh, we don't know the motivation. We don't know if even the children were the direct um, intended targets. Yes. There was a thought that it was the man that was with the children. Yeah. Who knows? So we don't know until then. But anybody who will willingly do something, even in the presence of small children, has got to have some serious mental difficulties going on. There's Nobody normal goes out and yes, says, I'm going to stab another human being in the eyesight or presence of small children. Because yes. you'll traumatise those children forever. And then to stab the child or the children themselves. To stab the children themselves, that speaks to me of somebody who is severely unbalanced. Mm. Can't make any definitive a comment on it yes. because I don't know because enough. We don't know. Because well, we what we seem told. to know so far is that the, the man in question is of Algerian descent, I, I think, and I think he's an Irish citizen and who was here. Who was for, here for the last 20 yeah, years. Yeah. Now, the reason that that's not being put out is because, well, if you put it out, you're further stirring the pot of anti immigrant sentiment. And that stirring of the pot is mm. happening day in, day out by both the bad actors, mm. but also because. Our government has chosen to do the wrong thing the wrong way. Mm. We have not brought what, no. we have not brought immigrants into the country with the willing cooperation of the people. That we've been told we're taking them and that's it. We have to, we have no choice. We have been under resourced, under provisioned. There is nowhere for them. We have our own people who need the same set of resources mm. that the immigrant population. Now, I have no problem with refugees. Mm. I think that refugees need to come to our country to be helped. But we can't help anyone when we're already at breaking point. And mm. this problem is the latent hostility that is lying around, the latent fear, just needs uh, a catalyst, a spark, mm. such as the incident yesterday. And then the bad actors to give it focus and direction. And when you have those things lined up, you get what we had last night. And I've been writing about this for years, that the way we are living in our society is pointing us towards Mm. destruction. And what happened last night, was that just a matter of time? Was that just a matter of something, anything could have sparked what happened last night? Absolutely, but it's not the first time it's happened on O'Connell Street. It's happened three times on O'Connell Street. The Orange Order came down, there was chaos. Queen Elizabeth's visit, there was chaos. And this time there was chaos. This time it's been escalated Mm. because the general sentiment in the country is we are at Mm. our wits' end. And do you agree with Alison that if we attribute this in in a very simplified manner to the far right, we miss the whole point? Because to give them credit, the people I saw last night... You couldn't credit them with a political sort of a nuance of of even any I spectrum think that of the, politics, the, surely. The uh, 
way it was reported, called them thugs and criminals. They're not thugs and criminals. They're the average people coming into town. These are not boys who or young men who, who have uh, secret meetings about being far-right mm. activists. Or an ideology or anything. No, like that. these yeah. are reactive yeah. young men who are average. They're at home today, in yeah. average homes. They're not monsters, but they've done monstrous things. Because when you put a bunch of people who are not happy together and you give them the ability to act without consequence, yes, then they're going to act without consequence if they have that disenfranchisement. JJ, I'm very interested in your um, take on this, particularly with your army experience and what went down last night. What, what are your thoughts? Well, what went down last night uh, was disgraceful and uh, a very poor reflection on a section of our society. But I would like to think that uh, it doesn't reflect our society as a whole. I mean, I, as you say, I've served in the army, I've served in various countries, I've worked in a lot of different countries. And when I come home here to Ireland, I very much appreciate the fact that I'm living in a democracy where I can say what I like, write what I like, do what I like, as long as I operate within the law. And in that respect, we live in it. We're very, very fortunate to live in Ireland. However, there are elements out there and there, there are forces at work in this country, like there are in other countries. Uh, there's a wider context here. Some of the, there are a lot of countries now, like take the United States or take Britain or take, take whatever, they have this crisis of identity at the moment, which you know, manifests itself in different ways. Some people would think that the United States is heading for civil war. I mean, we had this whole Brexit nonsense over, you know, this jingoistic shouting by the, the British. The British aren't sure who they are anymore, are the British. Now they want to be English. And this is all down to a fear of immigration. And every country has a fear of immigration. Sometimes that fear is unfounded. I would prefer to think that we could assimilate and integrate people. Like, remember, back in the 1940s and 1950s, this country would have starved if we, if we couldn't all have gone to England and worked there. You know, so we have had our share of going the other way as well. So we need to, um, you know, we're very, very keen to put out this uh, decayed meal of fortune, wave the flag. I'm not sure at times how genuine or deep that is. I think we need to take a look mm. at ourselves. As well, it, it, it was only in recent years that has been tested. It has I been suppose, tested. Of you, course it has been tested. Because every country has been tested. And it's how you, how, I mean, how, how do you look at it? It's like, like you know, the French, you know, as you say, the, the French, there, there is 12% of the population are Muslim now. You know, some people say there's a, there's a ticking bomb in French society waiting to go off. Um, how do they assimilate these people? We have parts of Britain where Sharia mm. law is practised mm. and, the, and mm. the local police don't even go into various areas. Yes, Germany and at and the And Germany, moment, yeah. and, and yeah. Holland has the same, the Netherlands has the same problem. Yeah. So there are various uh, different uh, trends emerging in various societies. It's how we deal with them is, is the matter. And we, mm. we, uh, we would like to think now, um, we're a democracy for 100 years now, we'd like to think we are mature. And I think we need to have a good look at ourselves and, mm. and ask ourselves who we are. And I know, as you say, Carla's saying that we're at breaking point. We can, we can always, you know, it's accommodating in our, in our minds, in our psychology, this is more so than accommodating people physically. Um, and we need to, and there are, what went on last night was pure thuggery. Uh, and, um, but there are people out there who are, there is fear out there. There is fear and there's ignorance. 
and we have the whole social media thing going on now and there are people out there who are manipulating that fear and that ignorance and that's why you get these little Mm. tinder spots and what about the people and again in your experience of the army a lot of people last night well some people claimed the fact that the army were on the streets last night as it turned out that wasn't the case but but a lot of people saying, well, the army should be on the street. What, what, do, what do you make of that, J.J.? Well, the, well the, the army can only go... So we're clear on this. The army can only go on the streets of this country. Again, we're a democracy. The army can... They can only go in what's called in aid of the civil power. And to go out on the streets in aid of the civil power, they must be called on by the Garda Síochána. That's the way it operates. We, we cannot have the army going on the streets willy-nilly. Going back to what I'm saying about being a democracy and, and mm. looking after ourselves and having proper standards. Um, we just, you know, people are frustrated. It's like going back to the French situation or the British situation. There are people on the sidelines now in all these. In every French city, there is a large population who feel they're disenfranchised, mm. you know, mm. and not part of what's going on in life. And, uh, and they do get frustrated, as we're saying here. And all it needs is a little spark to vent that frustration. But there are people who are taking advantage of those mm. frustrations in society. And we have and all these conspiracy theorists who love to just wind, wind this up and push it. And, and before I leave you, what did you think of the Garda response last night? Because it looked to me as if they were under-resourced, they were in very unfortunate situations. It could have been much more serious, yeah. I think. What, what did you make yeah. of the response? The, the <clears throat> I feel sorry in a way for the guard. The guards, the guards have a certain amount of resources. Again, if you go, if you go to France, as I go to France an awful lot, you go to any village, town, city in France, the, the police visibility is incredible. They are on every street corner. Now, that's hugely, hugely expensive. You know, can we afford that? The other question is, can we not afford it? Mm. Um, we don't have the resources. The guard, I would say, um, they're doing their best to have sometimes with, with one hand tied behind their backs. Um, they don't have the resources. I don't think they have the, organiz- the operational organisation to do what they're supposed to do. They haven't got the equipment. They haven't come up with technology. And, and we seem to make a huge uh, obstacle of any new equipment or, you know, whatever, yeah. f- facial recognition cameras, this sort of thing. We make a big deal out of everything so we can't progress. Uh, I think the guards, are, are they're doing the best they can, but under, you know, they have... There were huge limitations right. imposed on them. But to, to, to see it last well, What about that, Alison? I mean, the kid, Mila Falcha, that we were... Well, I think people are more than frustrated. Mm. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, you see McEntee and Varadkar blaming it on the far right. They're failing to understand Ireland's deep concerns about immigration. Mm. People aren't being listened to. So the democracy, really, that we supposedly have, like, we have to, you know, see Leo's in only because of proportional representation. You know, we have a weak government led by an ever divisive Leo Varadkar that's caused this country to feel very uneasy for the first time since the Troubles. You had Varadkar there recently, you know, coming out in the doll saying we're not white enough. Or sorry, we're not, you know, we're too white. But we are a white country. That's, you know, that's, you know... We, that's who we are. We've always been a no, white country. No, we're not anymore, Alison. No. It's, a, it's a mixed but to country. Come, but for you know? the Taoiseach to come out and say, we need, you know, like, that's very divisive. Mm. Like, to you know, to pit white people against immigrants, that's going to cause <clears> more than frustration. And, you know, I suppose this is being seen all over the, the country. And in fairness, the Brazilian... Um, I can't really pronounce his name, Benicio, I think. Is this the, the guy who... Who would say the Deliveroo who, driver. Who saved, who saved the child, really. Like, you know? He's here without his family. Yeah. He's here probably on a worker's permit. Right. And... Do, just to remind people, he, he got off his motorcycle and, and used his, his helmet to, to yeah, hit this Yeah, as he said, it was just instinct, yeah. you yeah. know. 
and thank God for him mm. because who knows how many other children yes, or yeah. bystanders yeah. may have been stabbed. You know, see, we have very good on both sides, mm. but like a lot of the Brazilians, you see a lot of them in care, you know, they're working in the factory. Mm. They are all, they all come in, they're on work permits, mm. they're housed. But we're bringing in so many, putting them in small areas mm. where there's going to be unrest. And there's, you know, there's a fear amongst people. I think it's far greater than frustration. Do you think so? I do. I think people are genuinely afraid. And to look at our national broadcaster, RTE, scandalous. Like, that was all propaganda. Mm. You know, like, to be honest, it's reached... A t- like, <clears throat> look at Joseph Pushka. Mm. There was another innocent man blamed That's for right. Ashling Murphy's right. um, And he says murder. his life was destroyed. Destroyed. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah, that's par- that's partially to blame with because we're not being fed the actual facts. We're being given a model of stuff and then people are going to, they're going to be frustrated, but there's going to be a fear element out of that as well. And, you know, I think the information we need is not being given. And credit is massively due to Siobhan Kearney as well. Mm-hmm. You know, say, we have so many good people in this country yeah. and they're being overlooked. And, you know, it's been pushed, one agenda's been pushed. And the likes of Leo and that, they're working for a greater God. They're not working for Ireland. They're working for Europe. They're working for the WEF. And I'm going to sound like, you know, right-wing conspiracy theorists now. But, you know, they're all going around with their pins yeah. and badges. That should not be allowed. What, what do you make of that, Carol? What do you make of what Alison is saying there, that they're working for a greater God and that's... Uh well, I mean, if you're you smiling, took, if, which is I am smiling. Yes. If if you took uh, a look at Mary McCallaghan's show last night, uh, I watched with um, some despair, I have to say, as the managed and quite polished machine swept into action. When Leo Varadkar was interviewed, the first thing he had that he was wearing was an emerald green tie. Uh, Helen McEntee was wearing an emerald green jacket. So what, what did that say? I'm colourblind. Psych- see, so psychologically, we are, we are Ireland. Ireland. We are the representatives right. of Ireland. Saying that it was down to thugs, that it was down to criminals, absolutely, there was thuggery and there was criminality. It's thuggery and criminality being driven. And the fear is not fear of immigrants. Mm. The fear is a more generalised fear, but it's being directed towards immigration. It's We have no security... There are so many mixed messages coming from all sorts of angles and all kinds of actors. There is a concerted effort on social media to manipulate truth, to have it fit a certain set of circumstances. And unfortunately, that's not just happening in the far right. It's happening in the far left, but Mm. it's also happening in the centre. Our government manipulates the truth when it feels like it. We had last week, we had Mm. the... uh, quote that Alison brought in that was Simon Simon Coveney's Mm -hmm. that was gently pushed through that nobody noticed. So we do have in this country an imbalance and we're not taking care of the people of this country. And I mean all the people, every person who's standing Mm. On the island of Ireland. And it's interesting, I mean, the possibility is that Sinn Féin will lead the next government. But, I mean, uh, again, on the Mary McCallaghan show last night, there was almost a love-in between Sinn Féin and the government in their agreement on the interpretation of what happened. They were all afraid to say anything that might make them look in any way 
that they were not uh, 100% on the side of the victims, on the side of uh, making sure that they couldn't be seen to be in any way condoning what happened. I would say if you mm. were to get them on their own and ask them what they actually felt, they yes. would tell you this is only a matter of time. Right, but the elephant in the room was immigration last night and that really wasn't touched upon. It, you know? Absolutely not. Yeah. Nobody wants to go near it because we have set out our stall, we have done the legwork of saying Ireland welcomes immigrants and now we are reaping the fact that we said, come on in, but we have nowhere to put you. And, and by the way, we're going to have to oust an awful lot of our own to make sure that you have any kind of uh, a life here at all. It's interesting. Uh, JJ, what what happened yesterday? Was there a line crossed that we won't be going back? In other words, can we expect more of this now, do you think? Is this... Well, we can expect more of this. <clears throat> As I said, um, there are forces at work in, in, in our society, uh, forces who are not happy with the... St- call it the status quo if you like but they will they will always have a problem uh, we look we and, and and the other two people are talking about different messages we're in a democracy you'll always get mixed messages and everybody has their own agenda whether it's from the right the left the center that's that's a fact of life it's how we handle those different messages um, but there are of course mm. there will be further incidents and there will be further uh, excuses for people who have their own agenda, and it's a far-right agenda, or it's, you can call it um, the conspiracy theory agenda, and they're willing to believe whatever arrives on their phone is the truth there and then, and, and they're willing to believe it. Like last night when they saw someone said on, on their phone, the army's on the streets. Everyone believed that straight away. Of course, and, but and, some and, people and would the question the so-called truth that we're getting yeah. from, from the government. And you, you mentioned democracy a couple of times, and my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, of democracy is that you have uh, a bunch of people representing the wishes of the yes. people. It's fair to say that in recent times, I'm not sure that this government is representing the wishes of the people. I mean, well, even even where our, our, our sovereignty is concerned, I, I, I'm, I'm just... Not, not sure, you know. Well, we 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 can all, whether we like it or not, we we get we get what we deserve in that we get what we vote for, and the the, the coalition government that's in there at the moment is what we voted for, and now there. there, well, there some are, people would argue with that. But, well, yeah. Well, that's what we did. The fact is, we voted we voted them in. Okay, you might say afterwards they we might not voted in the actual coalition, mm. but they they came to an agreement between mm-hmm. th- three different parties, mm. whether we like it or not, and whether they last or not, and now. Are we ever going to be happy? Like, we, we have Sinn Féin there who would purport to be the next government, if we believe, and they will be the biggest party. But to my mind, Sinn Féin are the party with a simple solution to every complex problem. And they, they, will, they will be tested when they, when, they, when they meet the reality of government, you know. It's, mm. it's, it's like the old revolution. It's, it's, very, it's very easy to storm the barricades, but when you come to running a government and running administration, that's a different ball game altogether. Yeah. And I think Sinn Féin will run into that reality very, very quickly. They have no experience whatsoever in running an administration. Yeah. What, what, what do you make of that? We voted in this, this government, this this. Well, again, trinity. like I said earlier, proportional representation. Mm. You know, when so many people are getting in on the 10th, 11th, 12th count, mm. because I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, I'd be saying, give your one and two and leave it at that. Mm. As for Sinn Féin, they're for mass immigration. Mm. So people need to be very, you know, if if they're if they want change, they're not going to get it from Fine Gael. Like the only person I hear speaking out... You mean they're not going to get it from Sinn Féin? Sorry, Sinn Féin, yep, sorry, yep. or Fine Gael. Mm. <laughs> um, but the only p- person I hear speaking out in the doll is Matty McGrath. Mm. You know, he's been bringing this up for a long time. And he's been abused mm. and, you know, and say people are, people are starting to kind of 
open their eyes because I suppose it's coming to everybody's community mm. and there's such an element of fear and look there's so many good people coming in too but on pr- the problem is there's no vetting process mm. and to have so many undocumented and our system is so good like it was always said you you know if you were coming for refuge the first country that you come to where you can seek refuge is where you're mm. to stay but that's not happening because of our generous welfare system they're all kind mm. of jumping ship in other countries. But, but we've had here. admissions about this now from, from the Taunish and, <coughs> and, and the Taoiseach and they speak about capacity and all of that, but it's still trundling on. Yeah, well, to be honest, they're kind of, say, talking from both sides of their mouth. Mm. I, I think they're starting to realise that there is a huge issue here. Um, and I suppose the government now have a two-pronged issue. They've got our own homegrown louts and we've got, say... Uh, immigrants coming in that are you know say many are causing issue um, you know we are becoming like Sweden I've said it on the show a number of times before and I've you know a different where people have been victims of crime and it's been a foreign national oftentimes you know they've been told that the police have said you can't say that mm-hmm. you know yeah even the attempted stabbing in the GPO, how that was... Yeah, and the, sort of the stabbing up O'Connell Street and, yeah. there and the one, say, in that yes. uh, Dublin airport. At the airport, yeah. Like, that was all fuzzy, fuzzy information. Which, that's why it was fuzzy, fuzzy on RT yesterday as Completely. well, Completely. You know? But you yeah. see, the thing is, they're not quenching any fires by yes. giving that, say, fuzzy, fuzzy. They're only igniting the flames. If, if people were actually fed correct information... You know, and we we go about democracy and this, that, like the RT are the government mouthpiece, really. But they're not giving us factual information. They're giving us propaganda. And mm. we're in... And, and I, it, it, OK, let me play devil's advocate on that. If they were to come out very early last night uh, or last evening and say the perpetrator was a foreign national... I, they, I, who knows what it could have ignited, you know? So, so yeah, but the thing is, people have drawn their own conclusions, you know. That which, which is as bad, is that what Well, you mean? I, I do think so. Like, say, about the Ashling yeah. Murphy, like, yes. Joseph Pushka had been up for rape charges elsewhere before. No vetting went on, you know. Like, so yeah. somebody saying Sinn Fein are not for mass immigration, and uh, could that be corrected on air, please? Well, they certainly go along with the government in terms of the line on uh, immigration. They do so for sure, and yeah. they say, from what I've read, they are for mass immigration, they want to bring more people in to this country. So, I can't um apologize for that. All right, okay. Last word on the Carl, where, where, where are we going from here, so to speak? Uh, the minister for starts is, is her gig tenable at this point? Helen McEntee, yeah. um, I think between emasculating Drew Harris last night, which she did quite well, uh, her attitude was quite defensive. Mm. And she had so many meetings with him, her, according to herself. I don't know how he had time to look after policing, but anyway. Her her belief that Dublin is a safe city. I can, I can firsthand, I can tell you that 28 years ago, Dublin wasn't a safe city because 28 years ago, was when I was stabbed in Dublin uh, by a group of teenagers. Uh, when I was in Dublin 15 years ago and I gave some money to a really nice guy on the street, homeless guy, and he followed us up the street to give us the money back because he said, use it to take a taxi. These streets are not safe. Wow. During wow. COVID, I walked around because I was in Dublin, uh, walked around Stevens Green, 
and was accosted by a couple of guys who just didn't like the fact that I glanced their direction with a, what are you looking at? Dublin is not a safe city. Dublin city centre is unsafe. We've ghettoised it. It's not safe. Yeah. And and from your work in other countries, JJ, is Dublin unsafe, do you think? <clears throat> I would have to agree. I mean, I, I would go to, to Dublin quite often, and uh, particularly at night, I wouldn't see that centre city of Dublin. You is, wouldn't? Is, no, wow. no. I mean, if I go... I mean, the last time I went to the Gaiety Theatre, I got a taxi to, to, to the door, I got a taxi back from the door to the hotel. I would I would not walk around Dublin at night. It's, it is not safe. Whereas other capitals? Other capitals I have... Well, it depends where you are. I mean, for example, take... Take, uh, take the capital city in... Um, Azerbaijan, you can walk around there any time of their night, and I've never felt as safe. But that's because there is a secret service there; they are everywhere, and nobody will step out of line. So, so, so policing is the, the policing is whether it's visible or invisible. There is, you know, I mean, uh, I would say it's an incredibly safe place to be because there are there are police there, visible or, or invisible, really? and the, the local population know that. But I, w- I would have to agree that. Um, I, I would not feel safe in Dublin city centre at night at the moment. All right, OK. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with our panel in just a few moments. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie uh, Welcome back to our Friday panel. And JJ Killian is with us, Alison Devere Hunt and uh, Carol Clancy as well. We're going to talk about Black Friday because uh, it's uh, Black Friday weekend, but it seems to me Black Friday has been going on for the past uh, a few weeks where this is concerned as well. JJ, can I start with you on this? Black Friday, does that mean anything to you? Do you care? Do you do you go spending a whole load of money on the... On uh, probably not, Carl. Not, not probably because it's me, but, but Black Friday has been around for a long, long time. Actually, Black Friday became an institution in the States. Actually, President Roosevelt brought it in. Well, does it go back yeah, that far? It goes back that far. Black yeah. Friday is the day after Thanksgiving, mm. and uh, it was it was the signal to start the Christmas shopping, more or less. So, and it got its name originally from Black Friday because a lot of a lot of workers who would have a sore head after Thanksgiving wouldn't go into work, and so that became Black Friday, and mm. they wanted a, a long weekend, a four day weekend. So that's how Black Friday originated. Stuff, um, and sometimes people kind of associate the word black with bad. Yeah. So the name didn't take on for quite a while. Uh, but then the commercial interests have said, well, it's the day, or it starts the season when we make our money mm. and when, when our red account turns to black. So the black did become more more acceptable, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we have, the, the whole year now is driven by consumerism. And I think societies, whether it's the United States or Britain or Ireland, we're more homogenous in our in our habits. And uh, so... We, we spend like everybody else. We're not different from the Australians or the Polish or everybody else. And now it looks like it's, it's a consumer-driven year. We go from Patrick's Day to Easter to Father's Day, Mother's Day, Holy Communion, Confirmation. I mean, even Halloween, which had died there years ago, yeah. is back with a bang. And, and it's all marketing. So we go from Halloween, and Halloween is no longer, is only over when we're talking about Christmas. So, so it's, it's getting us to spend all of well, it. It's absolute, absolute marketing, out and out. And it's how do we buy more cards? How do we, how do we buy more mm. gifts? And of course, then we'll get the, because the, we're looking at marketing now, we're looking at the four P's of marketing, the price, the product, the place, the people. Now, the place has disappeared. Before, when you wanted to go and buy something, you had to go to Dublin or go down, down to Cork and buy, now you just open your laptop and the course, world is your yeah. place. 
Um, so mm. you can buy, and the problem with that, and you can you can see the whole world as your as your marketplace, and then you can flash the plastic. And of course, we buy stuff we don't need, and then we get this buyer's remorse. So there's an awful lot of stuff going good. on. Do we, you do you fall for it? Uh, sometimes we all do. we all do we all do. Yeah, uh, it depends. Um, I'm when I go online, it's usually to buy airline tickets or to go to a concert. Yeah. Other than that, but a lot of people go online for everything, and they're of buying course, stuff yeah, that they course. do not need. I heard it's a stat actually, Carol, that uh, only two percent of of the supposed bargains are bargains. The rest of it is just as JJ was saying, it's marketing and nonsense and stuff. Well, and any good retailer <clears throat> knows that he has to have the price the same for 30 consecutive days. So all he really has to do is up the price a month before Black Friday and drop the price are for you Black Friday. So, you know, well. it's a very simple way of, of doing business. Um uh, as JJ was saying, we all come these days from a poverty mindset. We're all afraid of missing out on yeah. the bargain, the deal, because we all want to keep up with everybody else. And in that wanting to keep up with everybody else, marketing has got their psychology right. And they've made sure that we feel like we are going to miss out if we don't indulge now. But these days, what can you really buy anyone that they don't already have? You, mm. most children have their phone which we all mm. now decry their tablet their earbuds their Yeezys their North Face their Canada Goose everybody has everything why Why do we need to buy more mm. the whole idea of having to buy more like let's buy an 85 inch television I've seen an 85 inch television there is no way on earth you need an 85-inch television. In, in, in a small living room. Yeah. In, in, in an average, in, even yeah. in a large living room. Yeah. But do you need more than two TVs in a house? What's driving this? I mean, are we just falling for the marketing and advertising, as JJ said? Is that, is that what it's about? Well, when uh, retailers talk about us, they talk about us as consumers. Right. The consumer price index. We're being taught from the very earliest iterations of our children and our childhood to consume, mm. to have more, faster. The iPhone 15 Pro titanium, it's the same as the iPhone 13, people. And it was made of titanium then as well. It's like, why on earth? Right. Do you have to buy okay, and, more? And, and all of that sounds very sensible, but do you fall for this? Do you go... <laughs> Actually, no. Do you In not? fact, I, okay. I've had a, a, a row this this last couple of months because uh, Rebecca, the wonderful Rebecca, has said, I'm buying you a pair of Under Armour trainers because you've wrecked your other ones, the really nice ones, with paint. And I said, no, they still fit. They still work. Mm. They, they're, they're, they still do what they're supposed so to do. So you don't want them. So I don't need them. Right. I don't need them. And if we were to, uh, as Peter Singer said in, in 1972 when he wrote the thesis, if we were to develop the mindset that every luxury you buy is actually taking away from charity you could give, that might be something that we want to think about. Alison, what are, what are you making of Black Friday and Cyber Monday? And it, it looks, it, it, even though a lot of people, have, I'm just wondering about this, should it be Rainbow Friday, in fact, if 
you can't say Baba Black Sheep anymore. Oh, God, Fran, don't go. That's another rabbit hole now to go down altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Diane yeah. told me that during the week. The kid came home from school and it's no longer Baba Black oh, Sheep. Oh, I heard ba- it. Baba Rainbow Sheep. Yeah. So, uh, As you said, no ring to I, that. I'm just, I'm just trying to stir it up. Yeah. <laughs> but go on, what, what do you make of Black Friday? Well, look, it would have been something I would have bought into in the in the past. But now I think I'm of a certain age where I just, you know, as say um, Carol was saying, we have everything we need. Mm. I do see younger people, say, you know, teenagers and it's designer this and designer that and I need this and I need that and it's everything's I need. Um, and like, I, I would have been a bit like that myself. Mm. But you kind of, I would hope, you know, I would say I grew out of it. Um, but God, we've so much waste. Yeah. You know, like landfills full of stuff and, you know, buying stuff, it was fast fashion and it's still a massive thing. And like fast fashion isn't that cheap anymore either. The price has gone up everywhere. But mm. I, to be honest... And are you surprised to hear that stat? And and it's, it's an actual report and research done. On 2% of what's offered to you as bargains is an actual bargain. I am a bit surprised to hear it. Um, Like that, because the thing is, it now seems to be sales before Christmas. You know, so um, what's a bargain anymore? Like, if we don't need it, it's not a bargain anyway. Yeah, well, according to Carl and JJ, it's just... They're just sort of putting it out there so that we go and spend yeah. our hard-earned money. A Donegal senator claiming that proposals which could see drivers over 70 uh, years of age undergo refresher courses are discriminatory and should not see the light of day. Senator Niall, Niall uh, uh, Blaney said if adopted by the European Commission, it would mean that motorists over 70 would have to undergo regular medical tests and refresher courses to renew their driver's licence. You want to take that first, JJ? Uh, yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm surprised on a, on a couple of levels. Um, in, in one way, it's fitting that the the comment should come from a Donegal senator. For some reason, Donegal has a very, very poor track record. Doesn't of, uh, in terms in terms of road accidents. Yeah, I think it's the worst county in Ireland by a yeah. long shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and unfortunately, they have a very poor track record in terms of road accidents. Uh, I'm equally surprised uh, because the stats wouldn't back up the call at all. And this call is coming from the EU, apparently. I mean, if you look at the stats in terms of fatalities and road accidents in this country, uh, the number one group are young men from around 19 to 25. The second group are young men from around 30 to 35. And the third group are young men from 35 to 45. So no, no mention of no. I, I'm, I'm 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 over seventy, and I, I I would contend that people who are seventy or over are careful drivers and are, and they are experienced drivers. And uh, but the but to make a general comment on it overall, uh, I'm not overly surprised by the 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 accidents and the fatality rate has gone up this year, unfortunately. But the standard of driving in Ireland generally is appalling. It really is. I is mean, that pe- in recent times? No, or? it's in, yeah. over the last few years. If you, yeah. if, if you drive around a lot, I mean, for example, people have forgotten all about indicators. Mm. I think, you know, no I people, know. you know, people are people have no courtesy on the road. Yeah. You know, and I think the standard of driving here is really, really, really poor. Where, where is that coming from? What is that it's, about? It's it's again, it's to what we're talking about this morning. There's a, there's a lack of courtesy. There's a lack of re, you know regard for our fellow human beings, uh, and everything is mad rush, we're all in a hurry, you know. I don't have time for your concerns. Uh, I want to do what I want to do and I don't regard your your need for for your space and your concerns. And that, that translates onto the road. I think our, our manners and our courtesy, our lack of courtesy on the road is really, really appalling, you know. The standard of driving here is very, very poor. Carl, uh, you're nodding your head at that. Do you go along with that? 
Oh, I would agree with wholeheartedly with everything that JJ has just said. I actually went last night and had a look at the statistics for accidents for uh, uh, the National Travel Survey. And like JJ said, it's 4.8% of 18 to 24 year old men, 3.8% of 45 to 54 year old men. So there was with the two highest percentages. Mm. So in that that cohort, you have the young men who we all know drive too fast because young men think that they're immortal and invincible and that they are the greatest driver who ever lived. The middle-aged man thinks he has the experience and he also has a bigger, Mm, more powerful powerful car and he thinks he can throw it around a bit. Yesterday afternoon, a Volvo S40 cut me off at the roundabout at the railway station by going straight through from... along the bypass line. He didn't indicate. He didn't choose a lane. He just cut two lanes straight through. He did not even pause to see where he was going. The gentleman in question was probably early 60s. So, yeah, we have appalling driver culture. Mm. We have terrible driver culture. So focusing in on the over 70s, that makes no sense. Uh, They're actually the safest group in in both male and female. what is this about then? Well... The only thing I can think of is that because our fatalities have gone up, there's a knee-jerk reaction to trying to find something and blame it on someone. It is not the over-70s. It is the general culture in the country of moving too fast and being too distracted. Phones in cars, generally not having enough time to get anywhere. And as JJ said, I'm the important one on this road. Mm. You're an inconvenience in my way. What about you, Alison? Yeah, you, I agree wholeheartedly this? with both the lads. I hate um, it when you agree with people. Alison. I know, yeah. you're always trying to stir I the know. pot, Fran. <laughs> 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 no, and like, to be honest, young people are there waiting for driving tests and they can't get them. Yeah. So I, was, I assume it, you know, would be ran by the same group. Like, the over 70s is not an issue. And I definitely think we need to look at going by that Dutch mo- or that Danish model that I've spoken about before too, where people are brought in over a weekend. They, you know, they do it all, say over a weekend, come out with their driving license. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because I think we we haven't the time, we haven't the infrastructure. P- you know, all these the twelve tests and like the amount of people driving around with no insurance. Yeah. Like those figures are stark, mm. and. They don't care. And like, to be honest, as a victim of it myself, say, being involved in a hit and run a couple of years ago, I had to claim on my own insurance. Um, it's There's mm. no courtesy on and, the road. And do you think what we're seeing on the roads, because uh, I, 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 I think it was Carl who made the point, that it's a reflection of what's going on in society, that there's lack of manners, lack of courtesy, lack of respect, all, all of that. Completely. And... You know, people think it's okay to abuse people and to, you know, say, like, say for for, for something minuscule. And Mm. it's kind of, you know, this attitude there is, you know, you see it in shops. Well, I'm paying you. So, you know, like they just have everything's boiled down to money. Mm. And it's kind of, you know, say, well, you need to do this. You're supposed to be giving this service to me. But, you know, a little bit of common courtesy 
makes everything go a little bit right. more and, and bring that out, bring, bring that out onto the roads as completely. Well, where, where, yeah. Do you despair of the whole system we have of training drivers here, JJ, and yeah, uh, the d- backlog and all yeah, of these kind of things? I think yeah. I think the system's not good enough. It's, it's not resourced well enough. Um, yeah. The the theory tests to me don't mean a whole lot, um, and um, the, the the practical side of it needs to be more comprehensive, mm. uh, so that we that people do start off with with a good standard of driving. Because you're and not it, tested on a motorway, for example, no, and uh, no. if you get your license, you you can immediately drive down the ramp onto exactly onto the exactly, and yeah. and there's not there's not a proper full testing of your actual ability on the road. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, the testing should be more comprehensive. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 then it it all just lends to a, a poor standard right from the word go. Uh, and as Carl says, there we have young men here flying around the place uh, who mm. think they're they're immortal. Mm. And, and the the early mornings, the early guys, mornings I'll tell you, it's yeah. an absolute and nightmare. And the use of phones, sure. and the yeah. distractions while driving it. Just and just a final worse. word on it, Carl. I mean, is this? I mean, does this indicate that? I mean, we've been talking about this for years and years and years yeah. and years, and again, nothing and, done. And the it. solution is there. Which is what? We have transition year. Yeah, yeah. Transition year, make it driver's ed year. Give every child in the country a driver's licence leaving leaving cert because they have experience <clears throat> for a year learning how to drive in driver's ed. Mm. Not 12 lessons put together over 12 mm. weeks and then wait six months for a driving test and then carry on and you will never be tested again, ever. I have to do a safe pass course every four years, even though the things that are in the course are largely the same. Yes. I have, a truck driver has to do a CPC, a Certificate right, of sir. Professional Competence, every year. He has to do 35 hours over five years, which is a day a year, where he has to prove that his competence is up to date. Why not th- do right. that uh, for driving licences? All right, I must leave it there. Thanks to Alison and JJ and uh, to Carol, excellent uh, panel, and thank you for that. Uh, Emma produced Ali, looks after her content. Stephen is on the way with the Time Tunnel on the Lunchtime Show. He will play match uh, three for you, and I'll see you on Monday. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.